to Cinephiles Digest. This is episode 30. My name is Matt, and I am sitting at a crowded table today. We'll go around to my right. I'm joined by Travis, as always. Travis, what's going on? Not much. Just saw Annihilation. Yeah, like 20 minutes ago. Yep. <laughs> we'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> to Travis is right, we have Tom. Hey, what's up? Should all be familiar. Mm-hmm. To Tom's right, we have a new guest to the show. I'd like to welcome Andrew to the podcast. What's going on, man? Not a lot. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So uh, you and Tom are buds. Yeah. He Andrew's... likes to think so. Oh, a, <laughs> legend. <laughs> a legend, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He just. Oh, alleged. Huh? No, no, legend. Legend. <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, allegedly around these things. Allegedly, we are friends. <laughs> yeah. I see. Him. I see. Him. <laughs> And then finally, what's the how's the expression go? Last but not least, least, least but what? We're and least, least but not last. <laughs> I'm two sips into my beer. And I'm already fucked. Last, last and least. Last, yeah. also least. <laughs> uh, regular guest on the show, Paris. Thanks hey for guys. coming back. Thanks for having me. So on this week's episode, we are going to be talking two big releases. We're going to be discussing the latest film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Black Panther. People are eating that shit up, and we are here to talk about it. And uh, as Travis alluded to earlier, uh, we're also going to be discussing Annihilation, the new film from Alex Garland. And uh, all five of us saw it together. Uh, We're recording at 4.50. Movie ended at like 4 o'clock. So... We're going to try and unpack this shit, but mm-hmm. uh, let's just do some quick uh, some quick intros. We got a lot to cover, but uh, what's uh, what's been going on with you guys? Anything you want to mention? Um, skip me. Drawing a blank right now. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever experienced the magic that is pull tabs? I have. Yeah, my parents are big pull tab fans. <laughs> had you nice. never before? No, I did it one, one time before, but uh, we went out for a buddy's birthday. Is that, and Andrew and I went out last night for... The same birthday. And uh, we ended up at the Sloop in Ballard. You guys mm. been there? No. no, I like the name of it. It'll change your life. Yeah. They, <laughs> they serve the... They're famous for their slooper-sized beers. It's a 55-ounce beer. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wait, whose birthday was this? Uh, this was Zach's. Why wasn't I invited? Um, Damn. Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> we'll text him and ask him. Why'd you invite back your birthday? Also, what is a pull tab? Huh? Oh, yeah. Gambling. Wait, you don't even know what one is? No. Oh. That's well, why I know, anybody well, can explain on it. It's like a little piece of paper that you pull a tab and open it up, and it's like uh, there's different games, but it's basically you're trying to match like three cherries and you win two dollars. Oh, like a scratch off. Well, yeah, kind of. You you buy. But you get to pull them. Mm. They're so pull fun. tabs. Sounds much more satisfying. And they're like what, like twenty five cents? It's a like tab slot or? machines. It's like like paper <laughs> slot machines. Yeah, that's essentially what it is. So yeah. if you get like three of whatever, yeah, yeah. Cool. So you buy a basket of them because like ten or twenty bucks will get you like you know they're fifty cents, twenty twenty five cents, yeah. depending. This might be controversial, but I feel like it's kind of a white trash thing. Do you guys agree? <laughs> well, it's definitely more, most prominent in dive bars. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think I've gotten the taste for white trash lifestyle as, <laughs> as, as white trash myself i grew up around pull tabs so. <laughs> maybe I, that's why i associate i kind of hit the jackpot last night yeah you had some so. some good fortune yeah well did you actually get like the because each game has like an actual jackpot i got the highest it was, what was it, like yeah, 250 so, well, bucks or something i put in or? 10 bucks for myself 
and it's a lot of pull tabs. On very, on the, <laughs> <laughs> there were fifty cent pull tabs, so they're pretty high roll and high roll. Pull, pull tabs, tabs, yeah, yeah. And so I got to the last one of these fifty cent pull tabs. So the twentieth one, if you're keeping track at home, and <laughs> and uh, I hadn't won anything. And on the twentieth one, I won twenty five dollars. Ooh. And I just put it straight back in that motherfucker. That's how yes. you do it. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to see this money again. And then I went through, didn't get a dime for the rest of them, for all 50 yeah. of those pull tabs until the 50th one. And then I was like, look, my last one's going to be a winner again. I didn't look, no look, showed it to them. And they're like just gape jawed. And I was like, oh shit, did I? Oh, I won 200 bucks. <laughs> what? Wow. So, get the fuck out. On the last one, too. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. It was exciting. Taking you to the casino. Yeah. For sure. sure. This is how the rich get richer. <laughs> yeah, man. Reinvest their, their America. That's how Donald Trump made his fortune. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now in the 1%. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Man. yeah. 1% of people have won playing full time. <laughs> cool. Uh, Paris, what are you? What's with you? Mm. Uh, well, I've just been... Um, Hanging out with the boyfriend, going to some shows. I'm also on the hunt for a new roommate right now because uh, lots of people are moving in and out of my place. Uh, one of those people moving in is you, Matt. Yeah. It you. <laughs> Unlucky. Yeah, Matt's moving into my place in April. It's going to be sick. We're going to have best friend time all the time. It's going to be like that scene in Step Brothers where like, we're just going to build a bunk bed together. (laughs) Have lots of room for activities. Yeah. Lots of high kicks. It's going to be huge. Yeah. I mean, we do both love John Stamos, so. What? Oh. I was like, oh, no. (laughs) Sweet. And, uh,. Oh, just, you know, also going to shows. Went to a thrash metal show the other night. Yeah, sponsored by gram. Mr. Pickles, the Adult Swim show. Oh, God. It's like sponsored. Yeah, wow. I fucking hate that show, but it was pretty fun. And then uh, Paris and I are going to a show as soon as we finish recording this podcast. Uh, we're seeing Girlpool and The Hotelier. Yeah. No rest for the wicked. Yeah. It's going to be sweet. Full day. Full docket. All right. Anything else anybody wants to mention before we uh, we get into our uh, reviews here? No. Still drawing a blank. Unless <laughs> unless anyone wants to hear about my Madden Ultimate Team. No. We could probably right, just so move on. First, uh, <laughs> um, but no, we don't want to hear about your Madden Ultimate Team. <laughs> Um, uh, different podcast. <laughs> yeah, are you gonna start a Madden Ultimate Team podcast with your brother? I need to. You guys should next year. Lots of things to talk about. We'll have two oh, listeners, yeah. each other. Yep. <laughs> Top five plays of the week. No. No. <laughs> no. I feel like I would listen simply so I could make fun of you more about it. I would listen to about ten minutes of one episode. <laughs> give you enough fodder for like at least a couple hours. Come on, just good just, just give us the downloads. You don't have to listen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Well, we are going to start uh, with Annihilation since I think we're all just fucking dying over here to talk about it. So uh, we have a clip. Let's take a listen. No one knew anything about your unit. I contacted everyone, everyone I could. The other partners knew just as little as me. Pakistan again? I, I don't know where it was or what it was. How is that possible? You must be able to tell me something. 
You vanished off the face of the earth for 12 months. I deserve a better explanation than no explanation. Doesn't matter. All right, so Annihilation is the latest film from Alex Garland, the writer and director of Ex Machina. He's also the writer and director of this film. Uh, he did the screenplay for 28 Days Later, Sunshine, Never Let Me Go, Dread. This guy's working. Mm. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, plot synopsis for the film reads, a biologist signs up for a dangerous secret expedition where the laws of nature don't apply. We're going to keep things spoiler-free, but I think we'll try and be brief with that because there's a lot to talk about, <laughs> lots of spoilery stuff. So just general impressions. What did you guys think of Annihilation? Let's just go around the table. Travis, you want to start? Always starting with me, I man. mean, Paris God. can start if you want. No. Yeah, that's fine. Go ahead, Paris. Oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, I feel like I'm a little mad that you started with me because I didn't really like it. And I feel like I have different impressions than you guys did. Shit. Yeah. I told right. you, we're, our ratings are going to be different on this one. So, all right. Let's, uh, let's, let's dig into it. What, uh, what didn't you like about it or what? Well, first of all, I think I'm the only one at the table that's read the book that it, the movie was based on. And I loved the book and the movie was drastically different. And so I think I was expecting maybe a little more of a... An interpretation that wasn't so loose, I guess. So he took some liberties is what you're saying. A lot of liberties. It's basically <laughs> like if someone turned the novel into a picture book and then he based the screenplay off of that. So like the Hobbit movies. Something like that. <laughs> yes, only more so divulging from the story. And less offensive. And that's saying something. <laughs> <laughs> less offensive to Hobbits. Yeah, um, I felt that there was a lot of the movie that I wished he had shown and not told. And I feel like there were so many moments where we got a really good just show, don't tell. And then later, the one of the characters would be like, and then this happened. Remember that? <laughs> that just happened? There are some very kind of on-the-nose lines yeah, that seem yeah. kind of clunky. And Ex Machina kind of had that. But um, like the one I'm thinking of... Uh, uh, Donald Gleason's character has a line where he's like, "No, this isn't the 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 work of of men. This is the work of God, or something like that." Oh, which yeah. was a, which is a super cheesy line, but it doesn't bother me. Like in isolation, it's a dumb line, but they work that back <laughs> in because Oscar Isaac is like, "You remember earlier when you said I'm basically a god? That was a great line you used, you yeah. know?" Like they kind yeah. of make a joke of it. Yeah. But there's just like this movie had more of that, just very on the nose. Uh, exposition heavy like that didn't statements. need to happen like well I guess we don't want to give away too much but how it the expository choice of um with the guy in the hazmat suit right throughout oh, the throughout the whole film I thought was could have been cut we didn't, it didn't add anything it didn't add anything film, and it it only served to tell you things instead of uh, instead of you know show you things mm-hmm. yeah and I want to dig into that a little bit later, too, just because um, it, because it doesn't really serve a purpose, it kind of serves as a spoiler in and of itself, because we know from the beginning, you know, we'll get into more specifics later, because, mm-hmm. but you know what I'm saying, right? It's, like, a, it's, yeah. a flash, you, it's a flash forward or flashback, however you want to look at it, so you have some knowledge about how things turn out. The movie yes. starts at the end, essentially, and I feel like in this particular story that didn't need to happen and sort of ruined the, some of the suspense of the movie. 
Was that stuff, the the hazmat stuff that we were talking about, not in the book? No, it okay. was definitely not. Because there were a lot of things that I felt were, maybe I was I was thinking, oh, this feels a little bit off, and maybe it's because it's from the book, and it just doesn't work as well in, in movie, so for I was sure. kind of looking for those things. but So, just to give you guys a brief, brief, brief summary, the book is told in first person, in first person from Natalie Portman's character's perspective. There's a lot of unreliable narrator stuff. Oh. Which is why I so strongly disliked the all the exposition because part of what made the book so great is you didn't know what was happening half the time. And like some a, there was a lot of stuff that happened in the book where you finish the book and you still don't really know what's happening and it's it was done really well and that didn't translate to the movie obviously. I feel like kind of there was kind of did, you know. There was some of that. I still thought there was a good mystery to the movie. I mean, you guys are saying that the exposition ruined it, but... Well, I don't know if we're saying that. I saying that, no. I, I was saying that. that. <laughs> well, maybe not ruined it. That's a strong word, but... It's a little clunky sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yes, I think what I loved most about the movie was the sense of mystery. Like, all the stories that this guy writes, they kind of... The, the plot slowly... Um, progresses and there's so much that you don't understand and it's constantly bringing in things that just like tease you and only make the mystery like more mysterious if you will (laughs) Um, solid word choice and then you know as it progresses uh you get to the end and then there's kind of an information dump maybe not information dump but a lot of the actual like resolution of the plot occurs in the final 20 or 30 minutes or so but there was that sense of like I, I wanted to know what was happening, but I, it wasn't, um, it, it took its time getting there, which I appreciated. So I, I liked that I was always engaged because I wanted to know what was going on. But also in the moment, it's really entertaining mm-hmm. and kind of scary. The movie was scarier than I thought it was going to be. Oh, yeah. Me too. <clears throat> A so lot I, more brutal than the trailers made it seem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually, I like that the trailer <clears throat> doesn't really tell you anything about the movie. Like, it's... I, I like that it's it's very ambiguous. Like it's it's a striking trailer, but it it really doesn't prepare you for what the kind of movie you're about to see. Yeah. I mean, we kind of talked this about uh, once we got out of the theater, but <clears throat> it might have just been uh, me, Travis, in Paris. But I, this seems like a movie to me that is like the the wider movie going audience are are gonna hate this movie. You know, it's very obtuse, <clears throat> and uh, by the end of it. It's, uh, yeah, especially the final act. It goes places where I feel like most people will just maybe check out at that point. Well, there were so two hard. dudes who walked out. Like, There's so much that oh, I yeah. want to say about that, too. But without spoilers, I can't. Uh, we'll come. It's really hard to talk about this movie without giving, <laughs> with, giving yeah. anything, yeah. without using spoilers. We, uh, let's, we'll just go a couple more minutes, general yeah. impressions. Uh, what did you guys think of the performances in the film? Oh, they're pretty good. Mostly good all around, yeah. Natalie Portman was quality as always. I thought some of the supporting roles were lacking a couple of times for her companions, but specifically, and I mentioned this to them earlier, but the, how do I describe her character without spoilers? The one the who paramedic. like the paramedic from Chicago, uh-huh. the sober one mm-hmm. with the, the root beer drinker. I did not. Yes, <laughs> I did not like that actress. She was seemed it felt like acting she was trying to she was probably the weakest link uh tessa thompson i thought was really good though although what ultimately happens with her character i was kind of 
I mean, I, I I get what happened, but still, it was just like it was very abrupt and kind of out Agreed. of left field, you know. Yeah. Which one was yeah. Tessa Thompson, the blondery strawberry blonde? One? No, 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 the one uh, who curly the hair physicist. Glasses. Yes, physicist. Okay. she was in Thor Ragnarok. She's a uh, Valkyrie. <laughs> oh, oh, interesting. I was trying to place her the whole movie. I yeah, I would not. She plays a very, very different. Come on, Tom, was like your favorite movie. <laughs> and uh i liked uh jennifer jason nice lee <laughs> in this movie i usually she's kind of hit or miss for me um but i liked her in this she was like kind of usually she's just like a fucking weirdo and kind of annoying honestly but in this she was kind of like stoic i don't know I, I i liked her performance in this um and then oscar isaac i mean that dude's just a fucking legend but he was great except <laughs> i mm. He's barely in the movie. and He springs an accent that wasn't there previously at the very end of the movie. Mm, Spoilers. (laughs) Well, no. You know, there's a reason for that. Yeah. yeah, That's why I said spoilers, because I feel like we can talk about this later better. I didn't know that was a spoiler. (laughs) I must have misunderstood something. Well, I mean, yeah. Not, I mean... That was it's my okay. interpretation. You didn't ruin the movie for the audience. Not at all. No, not it's not going to admit, like, that's not a spoiler. <laughs> I just don't want to talk about why I think that is a spoiler. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm confused now, because <laughs> I, I also was wondering during that scene, but I'm with Andrew on this one. I had not put the mental energy into putting that together. <laughs> so from your guys' perspective, you thought he was just, like, all of a sudden putting on, a, like, a, a weird accent. No, I thought I was hearing something weird. I thought I was like, am I making this up or yeah, whatever? He definitely had an accent. Okay, let's finish the circle and then we can get into spoilers. Yes. Oh, I was going to say about the Chicago paramedic. It's funny that you say it felt like she was acting because she's Jane the Virgin for the like Telenueva show. Oh, is she? Oh. She's Jane the Virgin? Yeah. I knew I recognized that's her. Where I know yeah, Gina Rodriguez. Yeah. Maybe that's her style. <laughs> so property. <laughs> yeah. Andrew, what'd you think? I thought it was great, and I thought not perfect, and I thought that there were things that were missing, um, kind of along the same lines, but a lot of, oh man, in the spoiler part, I'll talk a lot more about (laughs) why some of the things didn't bother me as much. For sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much in line with you. I liked a ton of stuff about this movie. I wasn't very engaged in a lot of the personal backstory. Um, which is strangely non-existent. Well, I'm, I mean, I just didn't really care about the characters as much as I think you would say reading the book. <laughs> I do. I mean, I did. I did care about the characters because I was invested in the world that they inhabited. But yeah. they also do work in like it's a very like ancillary part of the film. But they do try and work in some backstory stuff, and I didn't yeah. really need it. It didn't really add anything. Right. That was some of the stuff that I was thinking may have been like narrative elements from the book that. You know, like the characters have their backstories. It would be weird to, you know, leave those out. But So it is weird. But in the book, the team does not have backstories mm. at all. Like at all, at all. Yeah, and I would have her backstory that. is much more in depth, but it has a lot less to do with her relationship with her husband and a lot more to do with her and developing her character. Yeah. Which I think wasn't done as much in the movie. Yeah. But I was super entertained. I was like... That whole environment they had to spend their time in. 
was very uh it just interesting and beautiful the movie's really really cool looking yeah visually intriguing for sure <clears throat> yeah um and the mystery sorry yeah. well i thought that the visuals in it we're talking about the mystery that it creates too and like in in plot mm-hmm. but it also creates a lot of mystery just throughout the movie you're just seeing things that just aren't explained and right. they don't it's not like everything you pass by is interesting and then they felt like they had to explain everything. It's like you're passing by completely unexplained, you know, wild. Uh, I can't. Just like plants, <laughs> keep just like plants and yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah people... They show plants in the trailers. I can say <laughs> yeah, plants. Flora <laughs> and fauna. Flora and fauna. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of people have been comparing this movie to Stalker. Which Travis and I uh, both saw actually. And oh, you guys watched it. We watched it separately. We were going to watch it together. Okay, but uh, we did both see it. And it, kind of going off of what you were saying, the movie th- they're similar in that there's uh, an area of the world that once you enter it is unexplainable. The characters don't know how it works and they're constantly learning and trying to figure out mm-hmm. what the fuck is going on. And also visually, you know, everything is abandoned, everything is kind of decrepit, but there's also like lush forest life, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so See, similar in, the, in that regard. I didn't get a heavy influence though of Stalker. No, this. I think it was, it was very Obviously minor. there's similarities in the zone and the shimmer and like the characters going on this journey in like an unexplored territory, but well, and also in Stalker, there's the room. In this, there's the lighthouse. Yeah, you know, so that's more. It's, it's like very, very broad. But mm-hmm. I do see the influence there. Yeah, same. Um, okay. Any other general impressions before we get into spoilers? Because we're you know like a decent amount in, and we we haven't we even scratched the surface yet, you guys. <laughs> oh, I have one other general complaint. Sure. <laughs> uh, there was some guitar music that made its way oh my God. into the movie oh my God. about 90 times, and I didn't like it. I the, <laughs> the third or fourth or fifth time we heard the guitar music, I was like, who fucking did this score? It is so bad. I, I loved it. Yeah, I, I, I liked it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I thought it was awesome, the contrast. And- yes, I did like that. I just wish it was a little more varied, because they do repeat that, and it's... A, you know, it sounds very similar. So, I, I, I in I a thought, sense, I like that it was reoccurring, yeah. but also it was, cool it was the first still time, different. But maybe overused. The score towards the end was pretty awesome. Though. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. It was. The, it felt kind of out of place, music. though. Yeah, I. If it, it, I, so kind of to your point, though, the the score and the towards the end felt like it fit the general mood of the film whereas previous to that you have this guitar music which you get that contrast but the two when you look at them together kind of clash a little but i love i love that and i feel like that's something i love about it is the uh what you think you're getting at mm. you can, <laughs> like a moment that could be suspenseful no. or something but you know, the, the, the disjointedness yeah. is, I thought, was kind of part of it, and what I liked about it because it's not what you expected mm-hmm. when the movie began with the acoustic guitar music. Yeah, I think that's a uh, that's totally fair. I thought it was, I just didn't like it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I also thought it was bad. <laughs> Travis, chime in about the score. It's two to two right now. The, the, gu- the guitar music. That was mostly <laughs> towards the start, though, right? Yeah. I feel like I didn't pay as much attention to it as you guys did. Um, it didn't like it wasn't really uh, distracting or non-factor, just... na 
We're tied. It's a tie. <laughs> yeah, it's a draw. Congratulations, guys. Cool, making progress. Yeah. Okay, well let's let's just get into it. So uh, this is a movie. I will say I think everyone should go see this movie. Should we should we do our star ratings real quick before yeah. we get into spoilers? Well, I don't think I've really said anything about the movie. Well, do you want to give a, a well, quick now's your, now's your time, a quick Travis. impression? Yeah, I liked it quite a bit. Uh, I would say I prefer Ex Machina, but not by a huge margin. Um, I thought the visuals, especially towards the end, were pretty awesome, something I haven't really seen in a movie before. Yeah, I uh, loved the mystery and suspense of it. Um, there's a scene in the middle of the movie that's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, that's about it. I uh, To your point about Ex Machina, like on a first watch, I think I prefer Ex Machina, but I feel like Annihilation has the potential. Just because like you see Ex Machina and you get it, you know? Like I, I do think that the, the, the ideas are, are large and that it rewards revisiting, but by the end of Ex Machina, like it's pretty clear what the movie was trying to explore and there's a point A and a point B that makes sense. Not to say that you can't make sense of Annihilation, but it's a lot more uh, ambitious in its uh, the narrative. It would reward to multiple viewings. Yes, more. There's, I mean, we just saw this movie, so I think we're still all kind of unpacking it on the fly. Um, yeah, I would say this movie is definitely trying to do more things, and I would say Ex Machina is about a big idea, but it's a pretty small story, and it doesn't really like expand the ideas it's trying to present that much i mean we kind of get the gist of it you know but yeah this one's definitely trying a little bit too hard or not too hard but trying harder (laughs) Harder. (laughs) reaching for the stars so i have a question for you guys so the book is the first in a trilogy i haven't read the other two but do you guys know if they're gonna if it's just the standalone movie or if they're planning on making it in a trilogy i think that depends on how this one does right Probably, well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I haven't heard that there's any plans to, like, if it's successful, to turn it into a trilogy. But I don't I don't think this movie is going to be very successful. Not at the box office, anyway. Yeah. I mean, I mean there's a great, decent but... amount of people at our screening, yeah. but it doesn't... It's also opening weekend, so. I mean... That's true. Yeah. I thought that the trailer looked like something that pretty much everybody would be interested in, yeah. at least a little bit. But maybe when they hear, like, from people who have seen it or something, word of mouth might not quite get them there especially since it's competing with black panther right now <laughs> oh yeah yeah okay let's uh, let's go around the table we'll do star ratings and then we'll get into spoilers um five out of five wow all right whoa uh, okay uh three and a half better than i thought you liked it <laughs> i it's <laughs> pretty generous <laughs> So I, I guess maybe I came off too harsh from the beginning because it's not like I hated it. I just had a lot of issues with the movie. And honestly, I think if I hadn't read the book first, I probably would have liked it more. So I'm trying to give it a little bit of credit. Sure, sure. Four and a half. Four stars for Tom. I'm right there with you, Tom. Four stars. Mm. With the caveat, maybe after this spoiler discussion, it goes up to a 4.5. Okay, okay. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay <laughs> tuned. What if it goes down, though? <laughs> it could. All right, well, let's get into it. So, spoilers for Annihilation begin now. So, check the show notes. If you've not seen the movie, check it out. Andrew, let's start. What do you want? What do you okay. want to tackle first? All right, <laughs> thank you. All right, so here's here's what I here's what I thought was awesome about it is we start the movie has a lot of kind of 
tropey elements, especially near the beginning, that are pretty, you would expect in kind of a sci-fi thriller. And I feel like you get a lot, like there's a lot that, that I feel like we've seen before in movies like, I don't know, Contact or, or, um, Arrival, you know, some of the beginning scenes of Arrival, like where it's setting the scene like a pretty typical sci-fi setup. And um, as they get into, as they enter the shimmer um, and things start kind of devolving in their heads and devolving in In nature, in their bodies and all around them, the, the tropes that were, that were set and the kind of cliches that the movie opens with, they all start to unravel along with it. Until you don't know, by the end of the movie, you just don't know what's happening anymore. And yeah. by that time, the tropes, like the theme, like the guitar theme that was happening over and over <laughs> in the beginning, where you're like, okay, I get it, that's the theme of the fucking movie. It doesn't happen near the end at all, and it's completely devolved into this chaotic, kind of insane, chaotic, you know, mechanical music that's not anything like the beginning theme. And it just is completely unraveled, and, you know, and it kind of goes... It, destroys the tropes of the movie in the same way that you know the organism is kind of destroying like Ooh. moving through whatever humanity or the the world just, i thought it was yeah, brilliant just, just life itself yeah. or even not even just life just like the very structure of like everything Being, yeah. yeah and that's why i thought it was like the fact that it has some of these tropey elements was really kind of cool because then it, they gave it an opportunity to like unravel itself and uh but that's why I hated some of the more expository stuff where, where, um, like, as we, she had, you had her explaining as we walked closer to the lighthouse, things got weirder. You know, they started pretty normal. And then as we got closer to the lighthouse, things got, you know, more and more fucked up. Like and it was kind of like, well, did you really have to tell us that? You yeah. could show us, like, a weirder alligator. It was to call <laughs> <you know? laughs> I feel like that line was calling attention to something that was very clearly our attention right. was there. Everyone could already see that things were getting weirder <laughs> as you got closer to the lighthouse. Yeah. 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 That's definitely fair. There were other like small moments like that, that, you know, were, were kind of clunky in the moment, but they didn't really bring me out of the experience. No. You know, it wasn't anything too, uh, um, uh, not unsettling it was it, it, it nothing nothing removed me from the experience there were things that like maybe i rolled my eyes at a little bit you know if it was yeah. just like a particularly clunky line of exposition but um yeah i mean as soon as soon as they like enter the shimmer uh it's just oh god i was just so uh invested in it and i was just my eyes were locked on the screen i just, i wanted to get to the bottom to of it. i wanted to know what was happening and mm-hmm. like i do like the progression, it feels like uh, an escalation or a de-evolution of just everything is just kind of crumbling around them and they don't know what's going on and they're trying to figure it out as they go. There was like um, the one kind of bit of exposition that I felt stuck out was when uh, Tessa Thompson's character, the physicist, she has like a revelation. She's like, it's everything is being refracted. It's not, you know, and she basically just explains like the whole thing. And then they carry that through. Like that theory doesn't really evolve much. She just kind of like cracks the code there. And then we're just meant to, but that's nothing with it. Which I feel like we could have kind of extrapolated from what we saw visually. And like, 
Natalie Portman's like, yeah, you're right. I already tested my blood and saw it was in me. And we were like, yeah, we already we already saw that. Like, we know what's going on. You don't need to tell us it again. Which is where I feel like where you're saying it's not appealing to or like going to appeal to mass audiences. I feel like that's where the movie was like, we're going to appeal to mass audiences. We're going to explain things. Well, I think I think people are going to get hung up on a lot of the things that the movie doesn't explain. Like, for example, there's a scene where they discover like a tape of Oscar Isaac and the other soldiers and they cut the guy's stomach open Ooh. which was really nope. unsettling was but then there's just like <clears throat> it looks like a worm just kind of swirling in their body and I don't know about you guys but like do you really have any like tangible explanation for like what the fuck is going on there mm, no way is it just like kind of like they're, <laughs> is it just taking like but, their DNA and their very essence and just kind of like swirling oh, it around like, like a milkshake or something oh. like like okay. what that actually was. I don't was. think we're not we're supposed to know that. And then it's no, then it exp- right. expanded into this huge mold growth on the wall. Like mm-hmm. it was- that was a super cool visual. Too. Super yeah. cool visual. There are a lot of really, really intensely brutal parts of this movie that I was not expecting. That was the first one, and it you know like pulled me back in my seat. Even just now thinking about it, I had like a physical reaction to it. But there, it just escalated from there. I feel like like there were so many crazy, which I did like, but like. The bear that was also partially a Horrifying. skull that screamed with a human voice. You know what that was, right? That was Man Bear Pig. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's super wild. So, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm less freaked out now. <laughs> that was fucking gnarly, though. Like, my, my palms got so sweaty during that sequence where Mom's you finally. Because you're like. <laughs> <laughs> Vomit on your sweater. It's just like, it's like skull is exposed. And I don't think it had eyes, did it? Like it had eye sockets, but they Mm, were like had weird like human forehead. And it would like, it would growl like a bear, but it would like, it would start, it would sound like a growl and then it would turn into like, it was so unsettling. Like a woman scream. Yeah. 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 That whole scene was was pretty awesome. Yeah. I, I was on the edge of my seat that whole So thing. at the end of this at the end of that scene I guess I let out a big breath of air or something because both uh Tom and Matt were sitting next to me and they both looked at me like are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> I was I was very I think I was holding my breath cuz that scene was so tense. So just <sighs> That was probably the the highlight and I kind of had problems with that, like, paramedic chick's motivations. That seemed like a drastic escalation. Like, she just saw the locket, and she was like, yeah. you know him! And, like, I know she was, like, you know, starting to unravel and kind of lose her mind a bit. So she was, you know. But it didn't show that as a, a spectrum. Like, it didn't show her getting more and more insane. It was just like she was she was a little bit annoyed, and then all of a sudden she was going to murder all of them. I, yeah, totally. I would have rather seen a, a more of an escalation of their not their physical, but their mental, like, deterioration. Yeah. 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 I, I guess we were just supposed to understand that everybody progressed at their own rates because, like, one of the other members of the team just kind of accepts her fate. And that happens really quickly, it seems like. There's no indication of that happening ahead of time. Although I yeah, didn't that... have an issue with that because that seemed in character for me. But, well, I just mean, like, I think what Tom is getting to is just, like, you just the have to physical like, escalation yeah. of that. We're talking about Tessa Thompson's character, right? Yeah. The plant woman. Yeah, Groot. Yeah, Groot. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> Marvel Universe, baby. Right. Um, 
Great euphemisms here. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, she, you know, she. We see her arms because they make note of the fact that she like self harms, and there's like a kind of a throw, not a throwaway line, but they're like, oh, she's she's trying to kill herself, and she's like, no, I think she just wanted to feel something. Like that was a very like kind of throw. Like she's getting to a point, but I feel like that's a very serious subject, and for them to just be like. Mm-hmm. They- and it was so flippant the way yes, that they yeah. dealt exactly. with That's it. That's a good you know? word for it. It felt dismissive. And then they just moved on and like, oh, her character's done. And then he's like, so one by one, they all die. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay. That's <laughs> great. So are we just meant to assume that like she just started having things erupt from her skin and she was like, she did she sure be- turn into a tree person? So are we, is that what we're right? meant to assume that those were all people as opposed? No, I don't think so. I didn't think so either. Yeah, I don't think so. But. But I think I thought that during the movie that maybe that was what they were yeah. doing, though. But She's, we don't know, and right. it's another mystery. She started to feel alive. <laughs> well, she didn't. <laughs> right? She didn't want to growing inside of her. The and... same path yeah. that the other two were interested in. You know, one wanted to confront whatever was happening. One wanted to understand, resist, or something. Great visual like, metaphor. I don't want either of those things gone. Yeah, <laughs> See, I mean, that's it. You know, and that's another place where I feel like she didn't have to be like. She wants to confront it. You want to fight it. I am accepting. Like, we could have figured that out based on the character motivations and, like, what was happening. We didn't need you to tell us that. In all fairness, she doesn't actually say that. In, like, in her characters. She literally does say that. Well, that she's just accepting she's, her fate? No, she says, you want to fight it. Or, and that the wasn't a prior scene, though. It. Okay. I, I just mean her, that character specifically... She just, I mean, she doesn't literally say, like, I'm just accepting my fate. Like, she, she just does. You she know, says, happens. I'm going to choose a different path. I just feel like. She does? Does she? Something along those lines. She I says that, something yeah, about I herself. Think it was that. Let's be honest. Most sci fi movies like this have characters doing stupid things or saying stupid things. <laughs> okay. I thought that this, speaking of that. Uh, I thought the movie did a pretty good job of like conveying how disoriented all the characters were and like giving, you know, try and give you the sense that everybody's a little bit, you know, they're not at 100 percent. Yeah. <laughs> but there were some things that happened where I was like, I would be way more freaked out at this part. Like somebody just gets yoked in the night. <laughs> and they're like. <laughs> Just the next day, they're strolling along. Let's I'm like, keep going. I would be like looking over my shoulder every two seconds. Uh, they're like, oh, a gigantic alligator that wants to kill everything in its path. Let's get in some boats and just. I was. I know, right? It was just like yeah, yeah. such a calm <laughs> boat ride. I'm like, like, don't uh, do that. And it was so unsettling. There are alligators. <laughs> and it was so unsettling in that scene because you had like. The, it was a close-up of what's-her-name's oh, yeah. face the whole time. And mm-hmm. right after someone had just gotten yanked into the water mid-sentence, like, minutes prior. And then they're in the water, and it's close-up on her face. And I was just like, she's going to get murdered any second. Yeah, and it's, it's very, very tranquil. Like, yeah. the water is so still. And they're just having this, like, very personal conversation yeah. with each other. Yeah. But on the inside, I was like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> Why are you on the yeah. boat right now? There's gators in these waters. <laughs> <laughs> I get yeah you guys just brought up something cool I didn't really think about but like that scene like that the what happened prior to the scene basically added suspense to that scene but the way it was shot and like the music didn't like add suspense to it you know what right. I mean the story brought tension into yeah. it just but it, I mean what we had just seen but it wasn't yeah. it was a very calm just like characters having a conversation there was no like sense but of scary. dread in that scene yeah. <laughs> but what happened prior is what heightened it yeah. 
I don't know why the lookout in the other scene that I mentioned, the night scene, why was she on the ground? She had like a perch. So that was another thing. I was like, when it showed the warehouse tower thing, I was like, oh, for sure. That's a perfect lookout spot. And that's where they were sleeping, which makes sense. But then the lookout was farther in front on the ground. I was like, I feel like you'd have a much uh, worse vantage point from there. Under a light, which obscures your vision when it's dark and you're under a light and you're looking out into darkness. You know what it looks like? A fucking darkness. (laughs) They did have night vision goggles, to be fair. Didn't Natalie Portman bring them with her? I don't know. Can we talk (laughs) about that monster, though, real quick? Because... Or not really a monster. I guess it's an animal of some sort. But it, scary. It was a monster. monster yeah. Yeah. It didn't really look like the bear. It looked like some sort of like wolf thing. I think that one was a different animal, right? But they referred to no, it as a it, bear. It was the same. Well, the because same they, didn't, they didn't know. They didn't know what it was. Maybe it's just like the split second shot that I got, but it almost looked like a, a wolf. Of some I'm sort. with Travis. I thought it was a different animal that actually ate her. Oh, I think that was meant to be the same creature. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess we can't say for you, sure. Are we? I mean. Wait, 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 wait. Are we saying the the creature that snags her from the lookout, and then the one that comes in and yeah. and wreaks havoc yeah. in it's, the room? I think it's the same. I think right? it's the same. And they even say like, why, why would why would the creature have the voice of the gal she killed? And they say oh, like yeah. like it, right. the the bear acquired her voice when mm-hmm. when yeah. she ate ate her. And I like, think the idea is it's getting more and more fucked up as it continues to evolve within itself. And yeah. I also kind of thought that maybe just like when she died, she became a part of the shimmer, maybe. So like something that just popped into a bear. Mm. So that bear was like Kirby. He absorbs the powers. (laughs) It's like, as Garth in Wayne's world said, at first it's constrictive, but then it becomes a part of you. (laughs) Wow. Wayne's World was a huge inspiration to Annihilation. Yeah, I can, you can definitely see the ending. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's get to some of the. We, the let's, we end need to talk about movie. the ending. We need to we talk need about to the, the last thirty. And minutes someone needs to explain to me the how the accent. What we're supposed to understand? Where it okay. turns from Alien into Two Thousand One: A Space Odyssey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that I feel like, like Two Thousand One: A Space Odyssey, there was a point where it turned into like a bad acid trip. Uh huh. Definitely. Right? That was it. That was my whole comment for there. You guys are all looking at me. <laughs> Um, <laughs> That's all I got. Glad I wasn't on accent. Yeah, yeah. Explain that. Explain the thing with the the accent, because you obviously think you understand something that we don't think we understand. Now that I'm thinking about it, though, I thought. Okay, so the, what I thought was that the version that we see in that video is the original version of Oscar Isaac's character. So then they have this like the atom split, and then there's a double. Mm-hmm. Another one is just like a shell of the other one, so he doesn't have the axe, and he's a lot more just like. But there were flashbacks to before he left, and, and he, he didn't have an, have an accent, accent there. And also in the video where he's like cutting the dude's gut, he also doesn't have an accent there. Right. So I thought that maybe the accented guy wasn't just a double of Oscar Isaac, but was actually Oscar Isaac's form on one of the other team members that was there. Mm. Like because, he could have, oh yeah, because they're constantly like sharing DNA yeah. and everything. So maybe he like took I assumed, on the accent. I assumed it happened differently than Natalie Portman's in that maybe there was two of them that went in there and they smushed together or something like that. Or he just oh. he just did a man bear pig 
and one of his teammates died, and then he got the accent. Right, something like that, where they're just, because they're all... He ate his friend, because he was hungry. Right. And then absorbed. (laughs) (laughs) And then got a southern accent all of a sudden. I did want to ask you guys, though, in the video when Oscar Isaac is cutting open the stomach, did he seem, like, eerily calm? And happy, almost? Yeah. 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 Seemed kind of excited. He was like, look at, look, this is cool. I think they, they knew it was a discovery. And also, who knows how long at that point they had been in there. And also, they're we, fucking insane. And then yes. they left yeah. him in the pool. Yeah. Yeah. Because we really, we don't really, we still don't really know how long, how much, how much time he spent no. in there. Like, we don't know, because we know the Oscar Isaac who leaves and just shows up in their house. Was gone We know that's not the same, you know, it's not the same guy, so we don't know how much time passed. But also, like... I, th- I, th- I said earlier that I think people are going to get it hung up on the stuff the movie doesn't explain. So people are going to be like, how did he escape? How did he all of a sudden find himself in front in the house? Like the, the movie it toys with this concept of like a blackout because they first enter the shimmer and then just four days transpire. And it doesn't really do anything to explain that. So I don't know if maybe – I don't know what we're dealing with here. Like how could he have all of a sudden escaped – no one has any idea of his presence, and then all of a sudden he's just there. Because he has a comedy that's like, you look familiar, you know, Which when is, they're sitting at the table. It's because he's the shell of the person, right. right? But the movie doesn't explain, like, how he escaped, how he knew how to get to her house, you Why know? he's the only one that has left. It's those kind of details that I think people are going to get hung up on. Yeah. Yeah. I is, think the... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. Sorry. Well, I was kind of... <laughs> I was going to move on to the... The whole like the entity that yeah we haven't really talked about all this yet like because it's confused there are a lot of questions about like so it duplicates stuff but it also changes everything so there's a little lack of consistency it's hard to to draw a clear conclusion which isn't necessarily a bad thing but like Natalie Portman and Oscar Isaac both had the same experience with this being which is that they were copied. So theoretically, but Jennifer Jason Lee's character just like (laughs) bursts into a fucking like, whatever that entity was like, it looks super cool. Like when she's like staring Uh into it, like that was a really cool. That was great. That was where I was like, am I on acid? What's happening? (laughs) But yeah, like why, why did she, what, what even happened there? Like, I think that had more to do with the intention of why they were there. Right. Like, Jennifer Jason Lee's character was there to like just wanted to really know and absorb like what it was. So she figured, so she absorbed the knowledge. She was like, it's not us. And clearly she had like communicated with it or whatever. And then she literally absorbed it and then it absorbed her. Yeah. But I mean, she also, I mean, she uses the line like, I don't remember how she says. She says annihilation. I don't really remember. She looks at the camera and says annihilation, Roll and credits. then winks. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to annihilation. Um, and then the guitar music fades in. Yeah. <laughs> Next time on annihilation. So, like, I, are we just meant to assume that this is just some sort of like otherworldly being that just like carries with it this essence that just like. It's almost like a melting pot. Like, it's just constantly pulling in molecules and just, like, expanding and growing, but, like, kind of 
swirling everything together to the point like i feel like the ultimate goal is for there to just be like annihilation nothing like mm-hmm. until it gets to the point where everything has just like doubled and expanded that like everything is is everything you know yeah. it's just like a, a brown mush everything yeah, yeah. is everything i like that smart right yeah <laughs> <laughs> makes total um, sense now but yeah i mean did anyone see the end of that movie coming? Like, I, sh- I thought Definitely maybe, <laughs> maybe sure, aliens, but but like, with weird like right rubber suit, no eyes guy. So actually, that was one issue I had with it that the form that the Natalie Portman fake takes on seemed like one of those like '90s computer program people. Did anyone oh, else have that same vibe? Looked like an oil spill. Yeah, <laughs> I liked it though. It was kind of unsettling to look at yeah, too. It was very. Its hip bones were gross. Yeah. Yeah, they were very protruding. Mm-hmm. It's like that guy. It's like that guy from uh, Pan's Labyrinth, and uh, he plays a fish man and whatever that. Movie oh, is. fish man! But also, shape of water. <laughs> shape of water. <laughs> Same actor. Can we also talk about the fact that in the exposition of when she's when they're asking her questions about like what does it want? Is it here? Like, what does it want? She's like, I don't think it really wants anything. And and then it's, she's saying, you know, this creature isn't here with any goals. It's here just, you know, and it's just is making life, you know. And then you realize at the end that, oh, that's not quite true because it is, it does have to have some kind of a goal because it's duplicating people and like she is, is the thing or whatever you know she's not a, a, a reliable narrator at that point at all so that's like i think it is a malicious a malicious entity and she was trying to throw him off that track or something i read it more like they're like in the in the universe <laughs> as we understand it it's basically just controlled chaos and then this entity that we can't even fathom is introduced to our environment somehow and then it, it introduces an element like the controlled chaos explodes and then it's just like everything kind of unravels like we were saying earlier i don't think it's necessarily malicious i think it's just like uh, the universe is a big place and things kind of exist in a void and then when you introduce something that like who knows what that the evolutionary track of that creature was to introduce that into our environment and try and like put our notion of like what creation is and what how the universe works and apply it to that entity like i don't know i think it it's just like introducing fucking blackberry bushes into the pacific northwest and then it just wipes out everything you know like they're not native to yeah. here and <laughs> really? they're just like yeah, not the there's a specific they're type. They're fucking everywhere, though. Yeah, because they're an invasive species. I guess you know, invasive, malicious, like maybe. But I just think of it more like: does a black is a blackberry bush malicious, or is it just put into an environment where it can thrive? You know what I'm, I'm trying to say? Yeah, like, no, I totally get what you're saying, and I think you you were saying it's malicious, and um, I think it was trying to go for something different, like he was saying, because it's not like an alien threat type movie, you know, like Independence Day or something ridiculous like that. And the end of the movie kind of just ties into the whole cell thing and like them two at the very end where it like, you know, shows each set of their eyes or whatever. And that's, I guess, representing they're like the two cells and they're going to start replicating, you know, and taking over. But it's not really malicious. It's more of just like 
life happens or, you know, like, like, how did we even get here? You know, like it just, it happened. I mean, there's some crazy cosmic thing that happened or whatever, but. Okay. In the final scene, the two characters, they both have some sort of shimmer in their eye. Yes. And are we supposed to take away from that just that they have been affected by their time spent there and that can't change or are we supposed to think that they're both because one of them we have reason to believe is the duplicate the copy uh from the weird bean lighthouse experience Mm -hmm. and then one of them from what we see on screen looks like it's the the og natalie portman but they have the same eye glimmer Mm -hmm. I, think I don't think it's supposed both to duplicates. Yeah, but I don't think it's like an exact copy. Like it's just like kind of like a new creature in a sense. But it's like Yeah, but what we see is Natalie Portman's duplicate turn back into that weird Right, but that's an unreliable narrator if if she is a duplicate at that point giving this story to all these people then that's an unreliable narrator and that's not actually what happened ah. because the duplicate was the one that left the building. Oh, okay. We were just, Paris, we were yes. just discussing whether or not you we're just gave, to think that they're both duplicates at the end of the film or that they're just... You, you know. just gave credit to all I the think... exposition scenes. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah, good point. good point. What I think... I might be going up to a five. <laughs> <laughs> because, so... When she destroys the creature, we're told that, like, Oscar Isaac's character, like, his condition changed, like, immediately. Like, he was just, like, he was on the verge of death. And then as soon as the being was destroyed, he, you know, his his, his levels, like, uh, returned to normal. So I think we're more meant to believe that they have both, like, been corrupted by whatever this thing was. And they are husband and wife. So I think... That you know, if they do decide to stay together or whatever, like whether they stay with each other or they procreate with other people, like I think the shimmer is like it's like an infection in a sense because even though like whatever was uh had its like reigns over that territory has been destroyed, but they still have been like changed to the point where like they can't go back, you know. So I think we're we're meant to believe like he's a literal duplicate. She spent time in there and was affected by it, and they but they both carry this with them. Their DNA has been mutated, and now if they procreate with each other or other people, like it's meant, like it's introduced something uh, otherworldly into like our gene pool. It's kind of how I interpreted. Like, so the interesting in that this. that there are different that you guys interpreted that differently at the end. That's I guess that says something about success of the mystery of the it movie. doesn't spell it out we're talking about exposition in this movie but like it doesn't spell out the ending by any means no because i was i didn't even i thought for sure that it was a twist ending of that she was not she the is one, the duplicate she was the duplicate and that she was an unreliable narrator and that that's but how is she be. i mean i yeah my my concern with that is is like how is she the duplicate though be, well if if she's the duplicate then the whole story that she was telling them which is how the movie was like the whole end uh, scene okay. didn't happen quite that way because she's telling the story so and like, lying from the point of the duplicate. Maybe and she just had like 
some small bit of knowledge from being a duplicate and she expanded upon that but that's not she... exactly necessarily what happened i mean he well, does have duplicate that duplicate was the one that got out yeah he does the fire in there have that comment where he says are you what's her name lena lena, lena. are you lena she doesn't answer which you knew he was supposed to find lena but now that question takes on more meaning right i think it meant more that she felt like she has been changed and she's not necessarily the same person she was because if you think about it she did have all of those details oscar isaac's duplicate like he didn't know who he was where he was no recollection of even being in the shimmer just like travis (laughs) (laughs) staring at a blank wall for two weeks you know what i mean though like that conversation was telling for me because i think she just like didn't know how to answer it because she just like she knows that what Mm. she experienced like and what she saw i don't think she even knows if she's like the same person she was when she entered in the first place you know what i mean i would be curious to see because she tested her blood and stuff so she could see that there was very quantifiable evidence that she physically changed and like would that be the same having gone back and that thing or whatever being right because i I think we're meant by the the creature being killed or whatever the fuck that we're meant to assume that like now whatever weird shit was constantly swirling around has ceased but it doesn't change the fact that they were changed you know what i mean so yeah uh anything else you guys want to talk about we've been going on for a while i don't know if we haven't even gotten the black panther yet man i don't know if we can squeeze any more out of this one i think it's it's kind of the point though to make it a little muddy I mean, to yeah, generate I, I like, like yeah. this. a lot more having talked about it than I thought I did. Me too, actually. We also really, we just saw the movie, so we haven't really had any time. It takes some like, unpacking. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot going on. <laughs> Should we do amended star ratings? <laughs> five out of five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't You didn't go up higher? No. Mario, we haven't introduced ever anything higher than a five on our show, so. <laughs> no 11 out of 10s over here? <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I mean, did that conversation help or make it worse for anybody? 4.5. Oh, yeah. Boom. Going up. I think yeah. I'm staying in a 3.5, but I have the possibility of, like, maybe on a rewatch going up to a 4. Someday, maybe. Could get a 4. <laughs> well, technically, I didn't use my movie pass for this one, so I could go see it anytime for free. Oh, there you go. An hour into this, she's going to change her star rating. <laughs> Just like on the Ladybird episode. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So fair point on the Ladybird episode, I was mixing two different movies up with my star ratings. So I just wanted to say I was an unreliable narrator in that aspect. <laughs> and I like Ladybird a lot. Alright. Anything else uh, on Annihilation? Did you want to go up to a five, Andrew? I'm gonna stay at four point five. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tentatively. I think you'll get there. Yeah, yeah. well you'll get there. It takes a lot for a five. <laughs> Um, well, while you're here, uh, we read, uh, your, uh, your, you submitted your favorite movies of, uh, of 2017. I did. You want to talk about, uh, why you love three billboards so much? Maybe settle the, the dark comedy versus, <laughs> oh, uh, oh, oh, God. <laughs> this, we have to do I don't think anyone here agrees with me on this. That is absolutely a dark comedy m- movie. It's super. You are wrong. So, oh, man. I love being contrary. <laughs> hey, it's like one of my favorite movies I've seen in years and years. I think it's brilliant. Um, and I think that there were some complaints from people. You can open a beer. It's fine. Wow. <laughs> it's like right next to the mic. I was about to open it. Like. Matt's very casually opening the beer next to the mic. Oh, is this quiet? <laughs> I guess, how would you define black comedy if that one is not 
one because I see that movie as one where it's constantly lightening your mood with humor, like distinct humorous episodes that are designed to make you to like open your heart to get more pain stuffed in it repeatedly and then it's like lightning again with humor and then stuffing more pain in your open heart it's just like it's just like repeatedly doing that and that's i kind of feel like that's kind of the definition like you look at fargo and it does the same damn thing and people call that a a dark comedy i guess i i'm i think that we're conflating two ideas very much a dark comedy it is yes but i feel like where i'm getting hung up is that i feel like fargo is a comedy it's just very dark and intense whereas i don't feel like three billboards i think at its heart it's a drama and it has comedic elements to lighten it and it is very dark humor but i do think if we're looking at it as a spectrum and in the middle you know it's whatever you have comedy at one end and then drama at the other i think three billboards is further on the drama end and it uses comedy I would agree with that. I would agree with that. But I think that saying it's definitively this whole thing came up from me saying, oh, that was a, like the darkest of dark comedies, you know, and then Tom saying it's not a dark comedy. And I was like, well, it's the a, fuck you it's talking about? It's a drama about? with comedic elements. It's not a dark comedy. Mm. Like, uh, as yourself, well, other than just saying that, well, tell no, me I why. Mean, I have... <laughs> <laughs> oh, OK, you win the argument. And then, yeah, it's just right. No, I have very similar thoughts to Matt where I think there is. It's very heavy throughout the film, and uh-huh. it's lightened by those comedic moments, but it is not a comedy at heart. It is not meant to be laughed at. At The film, the film's core effort is to make you think, not laugh. I'm saying that it's a... It's pretty good. That's, <laughs> Thanks. Okay. I disagree. <laughs> I disagree wholeheartedly. I don't I think, think we're saying is... that we're right and you're wrong. I think we're just interpreting the material. She did literally like... just say that. <laughs> <laughs> she literally just said that. And so here's and this is a thing. It's if oh, it is not it is not an absurdist black dark comedy. That is absurd. But now we're just getting into like comedy. levels of dark So that would be the comedy. lobster. Well, sure, and that's fine. But so, like absurdism. I w- dark black you, you brought up the comparison of Fargo. Sure. I would say Fargo is a drama with like dark comedic elements. I think Fargo is a comedy. No. Fargo is hilarious. It is hilarious, but it's still it's a drama. Hilarious. There's just like <laughs> added humor to it. Right, but that's what a dark comedy See, is. It's it's a movie that, that yeah, and I think they're very between. similar as far as like yeah. genre themes go. Fargo and Three Billboards are very similar. I right. would disagree in that I think you have to look at what the intent of the film is and the moments of drama versus comedy and what outweighs the other one. And also, if you look at it on a more broad level, Fargo is about a guy who like wants to. It's like kid have his wife kidnapped so he can collect the ransom like it's a much more not down to earth story you know and it's also plays with the idea of it's um they, it calls itself based on a true story but it's not rooted in reality at all you know sure. it's a lot more playful and it's trying to get at it's a lot three billboards to me is dealing with some very real very uh, intense subject matter. It's dealing sure. with race. It's dealing with grief. Fargo is a farce at the end of the day. Well, a farce go, if you will. <laughs> sure. But, but I mean, I guess I'd like to know how you define black comedy if, you know, if 
or dark comedy if being a dark movie with comedic elements is not the definition, which this is. To me, it's a comedic, it's a general comedic film that takes on subject matter that is much heavier and darker than one would expect from a lighthearted or whimsical comedy. So a com, because comedy, the actual term for comedy is meaning <laughs> this could go something, on for a while. <laughs> something that is uplifting and happy ending instead of like a tragedy in the true sense, which is dark and depressing. And then I feel like the idea of dark comedy is you are taking elements of tragedy and comedy and smashing them into one movie, which this movie does. I think that there's, it's one thing to say that it's on the darker side of dark comedy and it's another thing to say it's definitively not which i'm arguing so i feel like against. we're arguing semantics and i was just gonna say i, I don't think because we're yeah. essentially saying the same thing we're saying a dark comedy versus a drama with comedic elements we're both saying that they are dark heavy movies that have comedy in them or comedies that have dark heavy moments like essentially that's the same thing way to find the middle ground conversations worth having also we don't want to get hung up on this for too long I know. Yeah. <laughs> brilliant movie everyone should i think see it. we all everyone here at this table yeah. love that movie yeah, so. yeah. We all oh agree. also this is this is just a long <laughs> long <laughs> argument that we just had to hash long standing out gripe. um we also saw um monsters ball which we don't need to linger on please do but i think <laughs> i think why I don't think we need Andrew to linger on it i will agree on this that that movie was like super super intense when i saw it whenever it came out like 10 yeah. years ago either i'm like hardened or <laughs> media has become more extreme since then because it really didn't wasn't very seemed pretty tame <laughs> i forgot pretty that i had watched it yeah, yeah. until yeah. you just said so <laughs> i remember that being like the fir- the opening scene of that movie being like oh my god this is groundbreaking yeah. stuff like did you still feel that way no <laughs> is it this I haven't actually seen the movie but like the sex scene is it does it open with the sex scene no it doesn't open with it opens with like <laughs> William Robert Thornton was real good in that though don't even know who that is who that? Billy Bob Thornton <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> William Robert Thornton the third that was good yeah, actually when you say his name like that he does sound he's an Oscar winner man. He's, he's, he's a lot more gravitas he in that also game. wore Angelina Jolie's blood around his neck let's not forget he is trash <laughs> no yeah, vials yeah. of Angelina they Jolie's wore, blood they wore each neck. other's blood around their neck when doesn't they were mean dating. he's trash mm, I feel like if it does if he did full tabs then yeah. he'd be trash. Billy Bob Thornton fucking loves What kind of trash are we talking about Billy here? Bob. His name is Billy Bob. He does not go by William Robert. He goes by Billy Bob. And just look at him. Have you guys seen the movie A Serious Man? Yeah. Yeah. Because Tom hasn't, and I told him he needs to see it 100%. Yeah. And I need backup. You know what that is? It's black comedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. All right, we, uh, we're over an hour in the show. We haven't even gotten to Black Panther yet, you guys. Ah, right. I haven't seen it, so I'm going to take my leave. Okay. Thank well, you thank for letting you. me sit in. Yes, thank you for joining us, Andrew. We'd love to have you back on the show at some point. I would point. love to come back and yep. argue more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Perfect. All right, well, we're going to dive into Black Panther. Uh, we have a clip. Let's take a listen. Queen Mother, Princess, a comfort for your loss. Thank you, Nakia. It is so good to have you back with us. Take her to the river province to prepare for the ceremony. Yes, General. 
Did he freeze? Like an antelope in headlights. <laughs> Are you finished? Alright, Black Panther is the latest film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Written and directed by Ryan Cougar. The Coog, as I like to call him around these parts. Mm-hmm. He is known for Fruitvale Station. Creed, installment in the Rocky franchise. Uh, the plot synopsis reads, T'Challa, the king of Wakanda, rises to the throne in the isolated, technologically advanced African nation. But his claim is challenged by a vengeful outsider who was a childhood victim of T'Challa's father's mistake. This is one of the biggest movies of all time. All time? Let's talk about it. Yeah. It made like $220 million its opening weekend. Yeah. It It was was like the sixth biggest opening ever. (laughs) And in February, too. Like, that's pretty impressive. But anyway, that's not what we're talking about. Well, what's part of it? Kill, kill... (laughs) Killmonger? Killmonger? Michael B. Jordan's character? Yeah, that's his name. Okay. Oh, yeah. I should say, the film stars a a wonderful cast. We got Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa, or Black Panther. Michael B. Jordan. Lupita Nyong'o. Martin Freeman. Daniel Kaluuya. Angela Bassett. Forrest Whitaker. Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis. Mm -hmm. This was a good cast. What's what's the uh, girl's name? Black Mirror. She was like the Q character. The sister? No, the... Oh. Oh, that's where he recognized yeah, her. Uh, Black Mirror. So. Actress's really glad- name is Danae Gurura. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. But. I am very glad that Tom brought that up because the entire movie I was like, where do I know her? Yeah. Okay. So uh, we've reviewed, uh, how many Marvel movies have we reviewed on the show? Too we've done many. Spider-Man. Too many. I got into an Not argument enough. at work about how I didn't think Avengers was good and I didn't even watch the whole thing and everybody was like, Ugh, and then I was like, why does Marvel just force its way into my life? <laughs> but you love Marvel. People always have very oh, strong I liked opinions it about in Marvel. 2017. You 2017 was a good year for You love Marvel, Tom. Well, I also liked Wonder Woman, so it's not just a Marvel You fight. love superheroes. DC sucks, Whatever. though. All right, well. Thor Ragnarok, getting... major top 10, yes? Sure it is. Yeah. So you love no regrets. Gonna superheroes. No Ragnarok regrets. <laughs> nope. So Black Panther, <laughs> what did you guys think? We start with me? Uh, sure, go for it. Uh, I liked it a lot. I had a blast with the film. Um, I thought that the the characters were pretty interesting. The style of the movie, as you can imagine, was pretty on point. It was pretty rad. All the costumes, the music. I thought there was going to be more of Kendrick's soundtrack than there was, which is a little bit of a yes. disappointment. Yeah, it was very minimal. It was, all, it was in the background. Even when it was yeah. present, you could barely hear it. Yeah. I wanted there to be this, this moment where it's like... I know. Like that, the, the track from the trailers, like the super bass heavy. Yeah. Yes. That moment when he's walking into the... Well, we don't want to get into spoilers, but there's a moment where Michael B. Jordan's character is walking, the camera is like spinning, and that song plays. I just want, like, I wanted no uh, noise from within the film universe. I just wanted that fucking bass line, mm-hmm. Kendrick, like, mm-hmm. and we didn't, we never got that. In the but movie. the soundtrack to this is very, 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 very good. Mm-hmm. I was kind of disappointed with. I liked the score a lot. It's kind of disappointed with the the Kendrick tracks well there is like the weekend track also that comes in like in the background in one scene yeah where i was like that's a net oh, negative this is a song <laughs> well i really like the weekend so I, like the weekend. I was a little disappointed that it was played very briefly in the background yeah. in only one scene yeah um 
anyway, I, I thought those were the highlights. Generally, the the style of the movie was probably my favorite part of it. Um, yeah, I, I, there for some reason this movie doesn't quite like hit hit a note the way that some of the other like even Spider Man last year or um, or Wonder Woman for me or Thor. Um, it's just lacking on it's lacking something i don't i couldn't really put my finger on it i don't have any like complaints or glaring errors with the film but uh i thought it was good very good I yeah go that far i think part of uh part of the conversation surrounding this film is that people maybe aren't doing a great job of separating the importance of this movie's existence mm-hmm. from their actual enjoyment of the movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's like I recognize do. how important this movie is. Did I love it? No. Did I really like it? Yes. Did I like pretty much all of the superhero movies from last year more? Yeah. Kind of mm-hmm. Logan guardians Two, uh, home Spider-Man homecoming, mm-hmm. not wonder woman. I like black Panther more than wonder woman, but Again, I mean, the same argument applies to Wonder Woman. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's a little different for you, Paris. You're shaking your head at Wonder Woman, right? Is that what you're shaking your head at? No. Oh, what are you shaking your head at? I was shaking my head at Guardians 2. Me too. And some of the other ones that you mentioned. So, oh, I thought it was at Wonder Woman. It, it, it was a little bit at Wonder Woman, but also, but mostly at Guardians They're too. mostly all on par, but I think Sp- Spider-Man Homecoming and Logan are better if we're comparing superhero movies from last year to black panther well let's actually we're not we haven't actually really said anything about black panther really it's um the the thing that kind of took me out of it i think to kind of piggyback on what you were saying about how it just felt like something was off this movie more than maybe any other marvel movie feels like it was filmed on a soundstage in front of a green screen you know Mm. see i didn't get that i felt like i am very particular about that i.e three billboards and that stupid deer scene (laughs) and i didn't have any notice of never i didn't didn't have any notice of like the forest backgrounds or any of their the wide shots where i was like oh this seems fake the best stuff was the stuff that was shot on location so the stuff in korea that was probably my favorite scene. Yeah, Korea was awesome. Yeah, that was cool. But a lot of the stuff in Wakanda itself, like the actual city, I thought looked kind of fake. I liked the visualization of the city. It looked cool. I liked... It looks like most of the other like Marvel superhero cities, though. So I wanted... Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I wish yeah. it felt a little more distinct. Yeah. I wanted to touch on this because I feel like Marvel has a really does a really bad job with origin stories. Like if you think about all of the origin stories of the Marvel cinematic universe, the only one that I thought was quality aside from this one was Iron Man. And that was the first. Does in Guardians any count? Of the... mm-hmm. Well, if Guardians counts, then obviously Guardians was really, really good. But I'm thinking like of the individual like Avenger type superheroes. The only origin story that was even like, worthwhile was iron excuse me iron man and i felt like this was much better than the other origin stories but not that great in not as good as some of the other ones that came out last year yeah and that's fair um but getting back to like the style like this movie is simultaneously the most 
uh, provocative and interesting Marvel movie stylistically, but also feels the most formulaic. Yeah. It's constantly kind of juggling those two things. You think? And I think, honestly, I think it comes from, like, at this movie's core, it's a film about African culture made by African-American filmmakers. You got the director, the writer, the, the cinematographer even. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it feels true in that sense. But also, maybe it's more of the plot, but the plot itself feels pretty... So I was going to say the plot is maybe where I just wasn't super engaged. And the topics that they're trying to cover in this movie are like pretty big ideas about like democracy and leadership and a country's role in the world. You don't have to deal with any of that shit in other (laughs) other superhero movies. It's like save the day, you know, that was a little more stuff. It's a little more concise. So you have to take on these big things. But also the origin story element is it's about Wakanda. You need to understand what Wakanda is, what it means to the world and how they have to sort of like solidify themselves first, you know, and figure out who's going to be their leader and how all that works and, and what their role is in the world. But, uh, I I don't know. I don't think they did that poorly. It's just, it's not as like focused of an idea as, as some of the other movies or something? I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, I like... The, the movie took those themes further than I thought it would. So, like, without getting into spoilers, you kind of have this binary in the sense that you have T'Challa on one side of the spectrum and Killmonger, Michael B. Jordan's character, on the other. One of whom is... Uh, maybe nationalistic isn't the right word, but he's looking out for his country. So. Nativist. The other guy, Killmonger, is looking out for his people. He wants to liberate, like, his people. He's essentially advocating for, like, toppling the power structure and basically making it so that uh, black people can flip the script, you know, and basically use this vast technological wealth that they have that they're hiding from the world to empower the people who are suffering around the world. Cause like we see Wakanda as a very wealthy nation. They're very happy. They're also, their culture hasn't been like whitewashed, you know, like it, it, it's all of it is still intact. And then you look at the rest of the world. I mean, Michael B. Jordan's character grew up in Oakland, mm-hmm. you know, so it, you, you get that experience uh, at the same time as seeing like this country, that has been able to live in secrecy and maintain its culture. Like they haven't lost what makes them who they are. Not to say that, you know, the, the black people in the rest of the world within this universe and, you know, just in real life have lost everything that they had as far as like their culture, but still like you get that dichotomy of like, you see, uh, the traditional like African garb that they wear, these rituals, you get to see all of that stuff. And like Michael B. Jordan's character, just like, you know, he's, I feel like this is the first time there's been a Marvel villain that you like sympathize, sympathize with. Yeah, yeah, sympathize with, not, not necessarily yeah. actively root for, but he's got good points. Yeah, totally. Well, and I think that <laughs> sort of took place in the movie where there's two villains through the movie and then there's sort of a switch in the middle where there's only one villain and the villain that it switches to like you're like 
All right. Uh, I kind of agree with maybe some of the stuff he says, like not necessarily how he's going about it, but his points are wrong. And you really did touch on it. I think it's so good looking. I mean, Michael B. Jordan is a very, very, very attractive man. That hair, his hair, his hair when it's all flipped to the side. I thought it looked dumb in the trailer. No, I was into it. He is. He was hot AF. Huge. He has yeah. put on like he's six feet so much. There's been a, some discrepancy about how tall he is. I heard he about is that. So six funny. feet tall, <laughs> and his parents, his parents live, live with, with him. him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Naruto is his boy. <laughs> but I, I thought think it was Goku and Naruto are real. <laughs> uh, are the the real? Oh, the, the um, real. Oh, okay, okay. But I think Matt did touch on a really good point in that this is one i think probably the only marvel movie that's touched on like nationalism versus globalism and like what that means to take care of your own country versus all people across the world and what that looks like and it touches on a lot of larger issues that most marvel movies kind of don't even skirt around yeah well i mean without getting into spoilers yet by the end of the movie like their position is flipped you know going back to like nationalism versus like looking out for the greater good they were so like they had tunnel vision and they wanted to preserve what they had rather than like taking advantage of these resources to like make the world a better place you know like it's very easy to exist in pockets and like just, just the themes of the movie like it's a lot more interesting and provocative than other marvel movies but at the end of the day like what is the climax of the movie it's black panther fighting another black panther basically in like a cgi superhero battle you know ultimately it devolves into the same yeah yeah i will probably say this for the rest of my life but superhero fatigue is real (laughs) and it hits me every time i watch one of these movies and i do think this was better than like the average marvel movie and i do like the ideas it brought up but like you said it's essentially dealing with some sort of global issue and the main hero has to basically fight himself or a version of himself to win the day and that's like the storyline of all these movies it wasn't good in logan either (laughs) (laughs) And it's, I don't know, all these movies are very, like, beat by beat. And it seems like Ryan Coogler was trying to make something, like, different and of his own. But there was probably some studio influence that kind of made it more of the same. Yeah. Um, Well, I was just going to say Black Panther, like, as a superhero, is probably not my favorite to spend a lot of time with. Because he's not, like... He's not super charismatic. And his powers aren't super cool like spider-man come on you can't top spider-man he's out there doing crazy shit like everything is super fun uh (laughs) well it's mainly his suit and his his only like power that he really showed in the the movie is that like like release of energy or whatever and it like pushes everyone away from yeah Yeah. i I just it's the suit looks really cool the suit looks great sure but yeah he has his own powers though like when he drank but it but it is not a a spider bite it's that anyone that yeah. Excuse me. Anyone that drinks the powder of those flowers or whatever, like, yeah. absorbs that sort of magical power where you're much stronger and faster, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that stuff's. I thought that stuff was pretty cool, actually. The way they go into like the weird trance and visit their, like, the ghosts and stuff. Um, yeah, I wasn't expecting that. And 
I do think that his abilities were lacking, at least in the movie. I don't know, like, if he has more abilities in, like, the comic books. But yeah, then I also, just want to see him, like, fight and do something. There could have been more... Karate, for sure. <laughs> just, I don't know, like, more cool things happening. Because there's, like, they have this, like, technology that's so advanced, and they have, like, all these, like, cool mechanisms, but, like, they don't really use them that much. There's yeah. kind of just, like... A shot of them in a scene, but then like they I think maybe they were trying to be kind of two. tasteful with it, with their use of like technology. Like, yeah, I mean, they literally like ghost drove cars. I thought that was the coolest that was, that thing was ever. Cool. Yeah, that was cool. The, the I love when they pull up the uh, the cloaks and they turn into like weird force field shields. Oh yeah. yeah, that was awesome too. See, I thought that stuff was really cool. But kind of going back to something you had said, as far as like he's not a very charismatic. Yeah, character said that. That, I feel I attribute that to the actor because to yeah. me, honestly, like Black Panther, T'Challa, he's like the least interesting character in this universe. Mm-hmm. Michael B. Jordan, like when he became the Black Panther, I was yeah. like, yeah, fuck it, just let him be Black Panther, you know? Like, <laughs> and I, then his sister is super hilarious. And yeah, she's, she's great. Yeah, but uh, I, I'm going down another road here. But the humor in this movie, there's not much of it bad it makes it it wow. stands out more and it's fucking awful see and i thought very differently i felt like it had sort of a thor ragnarok vibe excuse me not quite so comedic but like that's where marvel like i does, said like excels bad i cringed <laughs> so fucking hard when she what? made that what are those joke yeah, I hated I that so much. He was wearing sandals or something, and she was like, "Hold on a minute, though. What are those?" And she looks at his feet. You yeah. know, it's a fucking I meme reference. Totally like a, a classic, like younger sister giving their older brother shit for wearing. Ugly it ass instantly sandals. dates the material, though. We're gonna watch that ten years from now. I didn't I'm realize so, it was a meme. I'm surprised there wasn't. Was Wait, really? No, I don't know I what meme know. you're actually talking about. And well, I'm it's, it's, it's a, it's so. a, it's not meme. It's like a viral video. You never seen the video? Like so, like it's uh, starting to sound like familiar. A, it's like a cell phone camera, and someone's like wearing sandals or something, and they go, "What are those?" And the camera zooms in on the person's feet. <laughs> I have no idea what you're it's talking her, it about. It was everywhere. How did you not? You're the meme queen. How do you not know that? Viral videos aren't my thing. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my yes. Travis, you, did you hate that joke as much as I did? I did hate that joke. Yes, I'm and su- also the fucking SoundCloud joke. I'm like, surprised there wasn't a, a bye Felicia reference was, in this right? movie. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, I just, I mainly just didn't like that, uh, like really severe, like Captain, like the first first mate of uh, T'Challa. You know, you didn't the woman. like her. Or? You didn't. Do general? you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the general. Yeah, you didn't. Yeah, like she the had a lot of like kind of funny moments that didn't hit for me. I loved her character. Yeah, I, I was high key into it when she here. throws off her wig. I was like, "You go, girl." Yeah, that was funny. There was wasn't great. a ton of humor in the movie, but when it did try, it was just like, "Just stop." It felt especially just out stop. of place because it didn't <laughs> attempt it, and also just like the movie in general, it's heavier. It's dealing with like heavier concepts. <clears throat> it's more intense. So then to try and inject these moments of humor that come up very infrequently and then don't land, at least for me. It really took me out of it. See, and I feel like I can be pretty nitpicky in movies, but this one I was like, I didn't have any moments where I stopped and was like, mm, that joke didn't land, or mm, this feels out of place. I wrote it all the way through and was like, yes, I'm in it to win it. Did yeah. you guys realize that Bilbo Baggins and Gollum were in this movie together? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I forgot that what's his face played Gollum until this very moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, Martin Freeman sucked in this movie. Oh yeah. I was Andy Circus though. He's like he the highlight fun. of the wow. movie. For yeah. He was great. He was phenomenal. Seeing him play like a legitimate evil dude was awesome. Also, he doesn't actually act. He's he's like a motion capture actor most of the time. Right. Like, I haven't seen him actually like as a physical actor very often. He was he was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his facial expressions him. make it all the more reason why he's a motion capture mm-hmm. actor most of the time. Yeah, so he, he was great. Um, I mean, ultimately, like like we said, well, you alluded to it earlier, but the the villain of the movie is revealed to be someone else. Because we won't get into spoilers yet. Reveal. But... <laughs> do we want to go into spoilers? I do feel that like the action sequences in general weren't bad by any means. Like they were entertaining, but like they didn't really stand out to me as like something special. Yeah. Like I'm not like. Did you remember that scene in the like right. Black Panther? Like there's really none of that. Yeah. I liked the. Yeah. Uh, it was all cool. It was all yeah. Good, yeah. but. I liked the buildup for the one-on-one duels they had. I did like those. But there were also have been, two of them. Like yeah. the best sequence, they like, repeated it, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, it plays out differently, but still. like It could have been, I, I just think the fighting could have been a little bit cooler. I could definitely yeah. say Take that. Take some, you know, bigger swings. The best action sequence was when, yes. like, they're, on the, they're in the train track and it's just the two of them. I thought Wait. that was the best action sequence as oh, far I was as so bored. <laughs> yeah, really? that was one of my least favorite. What sequences. the final? It was very fight. minimal too. I there thought that wasn't was much the best. to happen. And yeah. <laughs> I'm more of a fan of one-on-one action sequences, or at least just two people fighting, because I feel like when it's just group fighting, it's just a lot of like cuts and CGI, and I like don't care anymore. My favorite action sequence was the, the big battle towards the end in that field. That was fucking cool. like rhinos. Oh, I thought it was fun. The, the rhinos were shit. Awesome. That was really yeah. cool. Um, but yeah, the action didn't really stand out to me too much. It was it was all good. It was all serviceable, but there wasn't that like wow. They didn't have that wow factor, you know. Mm-hmm. It was more to me like I loved the characters in this movie. I enjoyed spending time with them. Uh, you s- sympathize with all of them, like even, the, even the villain. Like yeah. that's, I think that's what's really important here is that they actually have a Marvel villain who is like, and also I guess we can save it for spoilers, but his his. I can't even say that. Let me come back to that. Um, Hold that thought. Yeah. Um, Real quick. This movie had a pretty big Lion King influence, but it could have went even further with it. (laughs) I was going to say, I wish they were riding lions. When he (laughs) went to the ancestral plane the first time, I was like, is this Lion King? Right. Like the trees. Because there was the trees and... Panthers like the color is scheme, there a baboon in that tree? I know. I was like Rafiki. <laughs> I did. Right, like the right. Visual no, Forrest so Whitaker reminded me of Rafiki so he bad. Was totally <laughs> a Rafiki yeah. That was his role. He was the tribal priest, yeah. right? He was Rafiki, and there was Mufasa, and like I was, it was spending very Lion King so yeah. much time trying to figure out, try to trying to place Mufasa, who is T'Challa's father. <laughs> yes. Uh, in the actor, finally got it. Ghost in the Darkness. You guys see that with Val Kilmer? No. no. Oh my God! That's our next. That is our next. Watch. Tomatoes gotten to murders. Right. We have to watch Soldier first. Oh, the Kurt Russell. No, dude, Goes in the Darkness. Okay. So good. Anyway, you you guys will get it when you see it. Is it old Val Kilmer or young Val Kilmer? Young. Okay, I'm yeah. in it. Still hot. Yeah, that's why I asked because old Val Kilmer is gross. Do we uh? 
What are we thinking? Do we want to get into spoilers now? Is I don't, more general I don't need to, but whatever. I don't know that there would be anything more beneficial to add in spoilers. Oh, oh do you? No, I, I, I don't really like, have much to say I know say that in, Matt in did spoilers. want to say something spoilery. I don't have anything necessarily. We got at least one spoiler coming out of Matt's mouth. Yeah, well... <laughs> Yeah, you, we could just say a spoiler. It's really not that big of a spoiler. I mean, Michael B. Jordan's last line in the film—it's great. It was say it again for me. One of the best lines in any of the Marvel movies. I will yes, say, yes, absolutely. He basically he was talking about because like, he, he was going to spare him. T'Challa was going to spare him. Oh, and he has that line about how I would rather. Um, oh fuck! I'm too drunk it, to remember. It's like he, I'd rather drown with my ancestors. Like in death, then like in be bondage. in bondage or something like that. Yeah, just, yeah, I, yes. I rem- that was. I do remember that. Which now. is that's it was, very like for a Marvel movie. Like that's mm-hmm. intense and poignant. Like it was very poignant. It was something like, uh, uh, yeah, I would rather like die like in Gladiator, live right? In Matt? Bondage or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, it did it. It was that the line that referenced jumping off the ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much like my ancestors, I'd rather jump ship than. Die in bondage. I'd rather like jump off the ship and ship and die, knowing that the alternative is living is in bondage. bondage. Yeah, something yeah. like that. It was. That was a great line. I feel yeah, like stuff line. like that, or lines like that, or like you know, lines of dialogue are pretty much missing in most of the Marvel movies. In that the... was when they were on Pride Rock, right? <laughs> <laughs> Overlooking the kingdom. There I think some... that was when Scar pushed Mufasa <laughs> into the antelope. There are some really good lines in the movie, but Michael B. Jordan's character says most of them. Yeah, like honestly, like he made the movie. For I was like, that actually, fucking guy. I love yeah. Michael B. Jordan. I was kind yeah. of really disappointed that he's not going to be in any future Marvel. Yeah, movies. and like you sympathize with him. Like I made a joke like during the break. I mean, he's basically advocating for white genocide. You know, I was like. Not, I don't give a fuck. He's not, like, he's not advocating for white genocide. Bring it on, he's advocating for black leadership, I feel like. Mm, kind of, well, yeah. I mean, oh, sure. Yeah, Not literally white genocide. I would think domination was, more than leadership. Also, he was advocating well, for a like violent uprising. I feel like white genocide makes it seem like he is more of an... Ex- it's not about exterminating white people. Yeah, it's about toppling the power He's structure. not a Nazi. Yes. Like... Yeah. Yes, but you know he's yeah. We I mean, wouldn't sympathize with someone who was a Nazi, like you wouldn't. Yeah, I I would not. <laughs> I personally would not. What you know, the Nazis depends Paris? on the uh, context. <laughs> what? I'm kidding, Jesus okay. Christ! <laughs> I don't even want to dignify anything that you're saying with a response. I feel like we should edit this part out of the show. Hey, you started it. I just wanted to make sure. I just wanted to make sure. And you, you finished it, Thomas. Yes. Yes. All right. Yeah, we don't need to get into spoilers. Everyone has seen the fucking movie anyway, so. Everyone and their mother. This movie has been breaking box box. Oh, I do box want to bring up that. Was the movie too dark for you at any point? No. Too dark? Yeah. No. No, could have been more dark. No, like. Oh, like visually? Visually, like, oh, no, yes. No, no, no. Scenes no. were too dark, especially yes. oh. towards the start. No. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. No, Where I, I didn't felt have like that issue at all. Maybe my screen was off mm-hmm. or like no, they just the didn't light it properly. Where did you guys go see it? Uh, I saw it at, where did I see it? Factoria? Did you see it? In- oh. No, I saw it at. Lincoln Square? Oh, fuck. I thought I don't we know. saw it at the I see so theater. many movies. So I many saw it at MC10. I saw it at the Regal downtown. Yeah. 
Yeah. I saw it Lincoln Square on the east side, and it was great. You see it in 3D? I don't know. It looked a little too dim, though. No, I didn't see it in 3D. I think it might have just been your your eyes. No, I agree with you. Okay, a few a few scenes. It didn't it didn't bug me the whole right. Interesting film, but especially towards the start, I was like. I wonder if that was the lighting the brightness of the theater. Yeah, like, I'm still trying to figure out who's who, and I'm not doing a good job of <laughs> yeah. like identifying these people. Hmm. Um, I did like the fact dark. that it was like, it also had some James Bond vibes, you know? Like, uh, T'Challa's sister. <laughs> T'Challa's sister was like, kind of felt like a... Q. Q? Oh, for you sure, know? she was the Q. Also, there's heavy speculation that she's going to be the new Iron Man. What? Get the fuck out. I mean, think about it. I mean, Black no. Panther essentially is Iron Man in that he relies on his suit for most of his powers. But she's she's really smart. They're introducing this new technology. She had Robert guns. Downey Jr. doesn't want to be in these movies anymore. Like, there's a lot of speculation that she's going to, like, take over the mantle of Iron Man. Or at least, you know. I don't see that Stark happening. Stark Enterprise. She would be Iron Woman. And I don't see that honestly happening. I don't they have to write him that. out somehow. They yeah. can't recast him. You're you're saying they would be recasting him? No, her. she would be. Re- she would take over the mantle, but they they can't still have Iron Man. They can't cast another actor to. They don't Iron need Man. another Iron Man. Like Iron <clears throat> Man kind of sucks. What? That's a discussion for a different day. <laughs> uh, okay, you guys want to do some star ratings? Mm. Mm. Me first. Um, four. Four. Five. 4.5. Did you say five? I did say five. I didn't see that coming. I thought I would so have heard more about how much you loved it. I was trying to give you guys your space to talk about it because it seemed like you guys didn't like it nearly as much as I did, but I fucking love this movie. I, like I said, I can be pretty nitpicky when I'm watching movies. I'm like, oh, that took me out of it. That took me out of it. Rode the whole thing through. Didn't have one negative thing to say about it. Hashtag Wakanda forever. So (laughs) I saw something about that where R. Kelly was like booking my ticket to Wakanda and then people were not pleased about that. So R. Kelly had to ruin it. God damn it. Yeah. Because like the response essentially was, please don't come pee on our children. Oh, no. (laughs) I want to piss on you. (laughs) hey he was responsible for the ignition remix though so i mean he was hot and fresh out the kitchen someone's rolling that body Mm -hmm. every man in here is wishing that's all i have to say about that he usually doesn't do this (laughs) (laughs) travis is confused those are the lines to ignition i missed it sorry (laughs) Travis checked out. Right? About this one. He's bounce, basically bounce, just bounce, 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 bounce. Travis uh, is staring at a blank wall. No, yeah, let's there. let's move on. How many right. beers deep are you, dude? You're driving. You're south. glazed four. like an old fashioned. Oh my god, You're four <laughs> beers deep. Wait, no, I'm so like I'm, three and a half. Wait, so I'll be are you just and fine. I? Like, yeah, but he's driving. Eh, well, <laughs> way to out me to if the we, listeners. If we if we die tonight, it's Travis's fault. We're taking an Uber, don't worry. You just going to leave your car here? Yeah. <laughs> Chelsea's car. Oh, yeah. Good point. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, Sucks that's going to do it for Black Panther. Uh, let's get into what we've been watching. Um, I actually have quite a bit, but mm. well, we'll be brief. We've been going on for a while. Um, should I just start? I'm already talking. Dude, start. 
Uh, let me start with uh, I watched Oceans 11 and 12. Great start. First time watches. Um, Oceans 11 was wonderful. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I was entertained the whole way through. All the characters have really good chemistry, and the actual like heist itself is really interesting because um, they go into so much detail, like plotting how it's going to work out, and they intercut like them surveilling the scene to figure out how they're going to pull off this heist. Uh, the characters were funny. Um, I really liked Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's Twelve was not nearly as good. Uh, lots of forced humor. It's a lot more convoluted. It doesn't really make a lot of logical sense. They basically, it's kind of a direct sequel in the sense that, like, there's the the bad guy in Ocean's Eleven is seeking retribution for the money they stole from him. So he basically tells them, like, I know who you are. You have to pay all that money back and double or you're fucked, basically. So they have to come up with this, like, plan to come up with this money. Mm. Which essentially amounts to, like, a bunch of smaller heists. The movie is not paced as well. It's not as well written. Um, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense, like, the way, the places the story goes. Um, is Brad Pitt still eating in every scene? He's doing a lot of eating. Yeah. Good. Yeah. No, Matt cut me off. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, I'm still working on this one. <laughs> um, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, I don't know. I loved Ocean's Eleven, Ocean's Twelve. It's like a three out of five for me. Ocean's yeah. Eleven is like a four and a half. Like, I loved Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Didn't you say, which, you, when we did the heist episode, do you know which Ocean's movie you picked as your favorite? I think It 11. wasn't Eleven. No, mm-hmm. she picked a different one. Um, I don't think I did. If I did, I was 15. mistaken. Yeah, I think Ocean's 21 is probably my favorite. <laughs> that one's no, going to be I good. Mean, Ocean's 11 is definitely <laughs> the best of the three, but Ocean's 12 and... I haven't seen 13 in a million that years. That trilogy but... is dog garbage. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't a big fan of 12. But... The first one's cool. Uh, yeah, I'm more yeah, into like was, the, honestly, the gritty heist the type movies. The reveal in the first one is... You know, this kind of fucking... Phenomenal. <laughs> High profile glam, glam. Yeah, heist. yeah when they Gross. reveal like yeah. okay. how they did the heist and like that it wasn't the. Oh, it's very like lots of twists and turns. Like yeah. it's constantly telling. Like you think it's going to be one thing. It's like, oh, no, we knew that was not... going to happen the whole time. Contingency. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I liked it a lot. And the cast is, is great. You know, Matt Damon being a little bitch. <laughs> Brad Pitt and George Clooney just being suave as fuck. Brad Pitt as just eating stuff. Don Cheadle, Don Cheadle with his weird accent. Most Def is not in Ocean's it's, 11 uh, or 12. Don Cheadle. I yeah, think Don Cheadle. Def is maybe in 13. I think you're right, though. I think he is in one of them. God, I he's, hope so. He's not in 11 <laughs> or 12, <laughs> that's for sure. I'm for the sake sure of you, Tom, I I'll give so. you credit. I think he's in 13. <laughs> I thought he had a bad experience. Was that Don Cheadle who says that line? Had a bad experience. With I had what? a bad experience with a, like he doesn't like dogs or something. That's Don Cheadle, dude. Oh Shit. no! But he definitely doesn't <laughs> say it like that because Don Cheadle is so British that without subtitles, I could not understand what he was saying. Yeah, and he's not. No, he's but putting on he, a British. He accent did a British movie. accent so well that I couldn't understand it. Um. Yeah. I yeah. I enjoyed them. Uh, Twelve was okay. Eleven was great. I'll watch thirteen probably before we record next. Um, yeah, so those two. 
Travis, what you got? Um, I went and saw Bonnie and Clyde. You went and saw Bonnie and Clyde? Yeah, like Arc Lodge Rewind. Oh. Yeah, at Arc Lodge. Uh, Bonnie and Clyde, it was good, but I feel like the reason why it's regarded as a great movie is because it was probably very controversial at its time. Is it regarded as a great movie, though? I believe so. It's regarded as a classic. Is it? Yeah. yeah. I've never thought of it that way. I've the, never seen it, but I've never, like... A... The ending is supposed to be pretty iconic, and the ending was spoiled for me before I even saw the movie. I don't know if you guys know how it ends, or... I mean, don't they, no. like, go out in a fiery blaze or something? I was gonna say, it's Bonnie and Clyde. It's kind of, yeah. like... Well, yeah, but whatever. You can guess. Yeah. But, yeah, for me, mainly, like, the movie was good, but... It does one of those things where it like kind of like hostiles where like you're doing the same thing with the characters throughout the entire movie. Mm. So it's like, oh, we do a bank heist and then we hide and then we do a bank heist and then we hide. And it's for like two hours and it's like, okay, we get it. And then the end result is spoilers. They die. <laughs> well, I mean, people Whoa. know the story of Bonnie. <laughs> ruined it. Travis ruined it. And also, I've, I don't know how many movies I've seen of uh, Warren Beatty's, but... He's just kind of a goof. Mm. Like, he's just, like, always got this, like, shit-eating grin on his face. And, and he's kind of annoying. But Faye Dunaway, <laughs> very sexy, great in this movie. That's all I have to say about Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> <laughs> Should I watch it? No. Okay. I mean, you could watch mm. it, but I would say it shouldn't mm. be at the top of your watch list. Mm. Not I at the bottom either, though. I fell asleep. Okay. Yeah, I've never even bothered. Vertigo first, huh? Vertigo is dope. All right. Yeah. For sure, Vertigo. Am I the only one on this table who has seen Vertigo? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's Hitchcock movie. Apparently, they're doing. Bonnie a and Clyde of is not a Hitchcock movie, by the way. Did right. anyone imply it was? Well, I don't yeah. know how we got to Hitchcock from Bonnie and Clyde. We had this conversation last time about how, how I haven't seen any Hitchcock movies. Right. Which one should I watch? But we also right. saw and the trailer old. for Vertigo. We saw it today. Yes. It's classic. It's regarded as a classic. Mm. They're screening but, it in March. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just going to keep saying that until we all decide to go together. I <laughs> do plan on going with or without you guys, so. <laughs> with or without you. I can't live. With or without. Wait, uh, Travis, you have a U2 story <laughs> to tell. Oh, fucking yeah. the first time any good has come out of that fucking i like the apple exclusive youtube album. Uh, yes no, i don't think that's a thing. so my girlfriend's car she connects to her stereo with a lightning jack you know to the phone got it for the longest time my phone would never work when i would plug it into her car so annoying every time i plug it in it just says no songs outrage and this was with my old phone and my new phone i thought you know maybe if i get a new phone it'll Ridiculous. work nope doesn't work. One of the odds. So I'm driving to Matt's today, and I'm just like, I was so excited to borrow her car so I could listen to my own music because my car sucks, and I can't do that. <laughs> so I'm like freaking out. How the fuck do I play music on my phone? How? So then I think, wait, I don't have Apple Music on my phone. So mm-hmm. I download Apple Music, mm-hmm. and the only music I have on Apple Music is that fucking U2 album. So I start playing Classic. that. How dare they? And then it works on the stereo, and then I switch to Spotify, and... And now you can listen to whatever you want. Yes. That's not you two. Yes. Boom. Amazing. It but was amazing. But he has to always start with... Well, no, I don't know if I have to, but... 
I just did this the second time. So basically, you're going to kill yourself soon. Is that what I'm hearing? No. Since you have to I, you no, what I am saying is I had a revelation today no. in Chelsea's car. Dose. Thanks <laughs> to Bono. Yes. And the Edge. <laughs> Bono, and number one, number two. Contorsion. <laughs> so yeah, if anyone's in that same situation as me, just give that old U2 album a listen. And oh. you're so fucking I throw U2, throw U2 the vertigo U2 on. off of my phone <laughs> as soon as I figured out how to do that. Yeah, me too. You blew it. I googled up a storm <laughs> and I was like, how I do this? Because I did not want that fucking U2 album. Waste the space, or are you just like outraged by the? I was outraged. I felt by the idea uh, of it. Trade and violated. Violated. My personal phone was in. I get it. Peached upon. But. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Tom, Uh, everything happens for a reason. Uh, I didn't see any movies (laughs) per se. I did watch some television. Let me tell you, Atlanta's a pretty good show. Oh. Also, I finished The Handmaid's Tale, finally. Ooh. You've been watching that for like a long time. Yeah, dude. Well, like, no, that, I just took a long, long hiatus. That season ended like a while ago. Yeah, I just took a long break. Oh. I saw like the first three or four episodes and then never went back to it. Until now. Um, it's good. It's not <clears throat> It's not top stratosphere of TV for me. Um, I was very irritated with two song choices from the final episode. Handmaid's Tale or Atlanta? Handmaid's Tale. Atlanta's soundtrack is dope. Killer. Yeah. You watch it? Yeah. I've okay. seen it, yeah. The whole thing? Yeah. Is Robin season out, or is that coming out like late this month? March 1st. Okay. It's set on the You didn't see we spot. had two commercials for it before I know. The I wasn't paying attention to the Those dates. promos were cool, though. I like yeah. That. I know. All I those promos it. are sweet. In it to win it. Anyway, I'm like, I think we're halfway through season one. It's a short season. Yeah. Episodes are quick. We're, we're there, man. We're ready for season two. The Handmaid's Tale, though, is is a good show. It's just, it's a little bit too one note for a lot of things. And then, again, song choices were so stupid. How you know so? The names of the yes, songs? Yes, I know. Okay. So they put in Nina Simone, I'm Feeling Good, after an intense climactic scene. And it's sort of like, you know, bump, ba-dum, ba-dum. You know what I'm talking about? No, absolutely nope. not. Really? Maybe if I actually heard it, but yeah, you doing uh, that is not giving me anything. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm not even going to try to sing Nina Simone. But you're the only Nina Simone super fan on, at this table. I guess so. Well, I watched that documentary <laughs> last <know>. time. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's kind of empowering, and it's a female vocalist, so that makes sense. But it's just sort of like tacked on you know they're not really feeling good nobody's feeling good here you know and they're it's the final episode and they really don't get to tell enough of the story to sort of justify that emotion they just want to give you something to you know make you feel good before you say goodbye to the show it's been a while since i watched the last episode but from what i remember i didn't necessarily feel good yeah leaving it i felt sort of like Holy shit, I wonder what's going to happen next season. Yeah. The other song choice? Was uh, it It's Been a While? Uh, no. Stained? <laughs> that was not <laughs> no. in the show. It's been what? a while. Why I'm, is that I'm asking you if that is, because she said it's been a while. Oh. oh. My head up high. It's been a while. Since I, I could call you. Well, either way. Depends Everything I... No. Okay. Yeah. Let's stop. Yeah. 
<laughs> I had that album. Oh, uh, me too. We all did. I'm a, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a closeted Stained fan. You're not closeted. You talk about it I'm all proud. the time. <laughs> Fucking so, love Stained. So, no, it was, uh, it was American Girl by Tom Petty. No. Yeah. That seems inappropriate. I know. It was so stupid. And the subject matter. It was like, so stupid. It's like this intense moment where she's like, things could be going one way. They could be going another way. I don't know what's happening, but I, you know, at this point, I really don't give a fuck. And then it's like, down a down a narrow, down a down a American girl. That show doesn't what? seem like a show that would make those kind of music choices. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask: Is there much no. like licensed music in the show? No, I don't remember that? any other any other like songs with lyrics. Any other licensed music? There probably is, and I just didn't know. Is it like because it, it wasn't out of place? I feel place. like I want to go yeah. back. And is it watch during it, the end credits don't... that the music plays, or is it like in the actual scene of the show? So Nina Simone is in the scene, and American Girl is like the fade out music. Oh, okay. Hmm. Weird. Still seems inappropriate. <sighs> it's yeah. it's so weird. I, mean, I get why, like what they're trying to do with of that, course. but it's still like totally... it's probably just it probably just bothered me more than anybody else. Well, but... I feel like sometimes you can have a really tense moment and have really uplifting music and have it sort of juxtapose each other and like create mm-hmm. that tension. But to me, at least American Girl doesn't seem like the type of song that would do a good job of that. Mm-hmm. No, it yeah. didn't. Not up in here. Yeah. <laughs> Not in my house. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a good show, though. I would encourage everybody to watch it. But by the end, I was kind of like Elizabeth Mossed out. You yeah. know what I mean? She's she's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> she's great. But but she's a lot. Uh, Travis, you want to talk about um, when we first met? Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about that. This is a film. We're not going to tell our <laughs> story about it. <laughs> Yeah, do you guys want to tell us about how you when we first, first met? met? Yeah, let's talk about it. Oh, <laughs> no? cute. Um, when We First Met is a Netflix original film uh, starring Adam Devine of Workaholics fame and Alexandria Daddario. The Daddario. I think Matt just had a mini stroke. She is very attractive. Very. Very. She's got, she's like charismatic too like i like watching her act i wouldn't say she's a great actress though I, did i say that but I <laughs> okay watching her act I yeah wanna... i guess she's got like a her own little sense of flair the movie the movie is basically it's a rom-com <laughs> no you guys are the worst <laughs> it's a rom-com it's kind of has it's Kind of Groundhog Day, basically. Kinda, it, it is. It essentially, is Groundhog it's Happy Day. Death it's, Day. It's little, <laughs> you know, it's a little tweak on it, but oh. essentially, Adam Devine's character meets Alexandra Daddario's character at a party. They have a wonderful night together, and then three years later, we find out that they ended up together and they got married. So he like, there's like a time machine. It's a photo booth that like resets him to that exact moment in time. Three hot years tub ago. time machine. Yep, it's like all of those big butterfly effects. <laughs> Anything where it resets you to a specific moment in time. Yeah, it's really convenient because it also skips the three years. So he basically will go back in time, experience that night or whatever, and then it fast forwards three years and he just has to live with the consequences of yeah. that. Oh, so, so it's 13 going on 30. Yeah, he's trying to fix it's everything. it to have like the, the perfect outcome. 
and he just keeps getting into outcomes that he's you know not favorable to unforeseen consequences but having said all that yes it's cliche as fuck but i i I enjoyed it i thought it was kind of cute it made me laugh a couple times like it was you not like it fine it was not very good though was it good for a rom-com or was it okay and then as a rom-com like it was also just okay it was a very okay movie pretty like i don't know not really anything groundbreaking not anything different really um it it's like a perfect movie to just like throw on netflix you know if you're at home and bored and just want to watch something like kind of mindless but netflix keeps suggesting it to me that's why i'm asking it's pleasurable it's meaning fine. you don't really have to engage with it that much i'm i like adam divine he's like- funny but he's not like as funny as he is in workaholics and like his character kind of bugged me a bit because he was like so i know it's like part of the story and the plot but like he's so desperate to like find love like almost in like a creepy way yeah and then it, <laughs> the movie plays with that though. yeah i know yeah. <laughs> so in the picture for this on netflix because it literally keeps adjusting it to me i don't know why but um, it has adam divine and then the girl and then another guy and he's kind of like shoving him out of the way and it also, excuse me, it also gave the brief synopsis. So I thought maybe that was him from a long time ago or him from the future and not him. No. It's a different guy. Okay. Basically, for most of the movie, no matter what he does, she always ends up with that guy. Got it. Doesn't matter what he does. She ends up with that guy. Okay. Hmm. I enjoyed it. I don't know. Sounds like I liked it more than you. It was fun. I, I recommended it. Give to me a guys. star rating, Matt. Three. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's. It's fine. I would say like two and a half. Also, (laughs) like, like, (laughs) no ringing endorsements from me. You're a romantic. So, any rom com, you're going to be like, this was great. Not any rom com. I'm actually Mm. pretty picky with rom coms. Mm. Are you? You cry at like everything. I would say it's not not like a terrible rom com, which there are a lot of. Yes. But it's not like. That's why I was asking in a rom com world. How how was it? It's not pretty as sentimental as a lot of rom Middle of the road. Middle I, of the road for sure. Okay. I would say it's slightly better than middle Slightly of the road. below well, middle 2. of the road. Two point five would be exactly <laughs> two point five would be exactly the middle and three would be a little bit better. So I yeah. enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was I didn't think it was a waste of my time. Did I think it was a great movie? No. But it's a cute little, you know. Fun fucking romp through uh, time and space and love and shut the fuck up. It's great. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> Highly recommend. I know Tom's watching this as soon as Absolutely. possible. He's gonna turn it on right. When I'm not even be able to finish it, but I'm gonna start it. That's for sure. Did you Did you watch it with Chelsea? Yes. Did Chelsea like it? She liked it. Yeah, more than you. Well, yeah, but that's, that's not what saying I much. Well, because <laughs> my know why I said it. My thoughts are, Travis, is that you don't have a lot of like when Hearts. you watch movies, <laughs> you are dead inside. So no, that's like just all and the Matt time. is <laughs> not just when I watch movies. <laughs> so I was, I was trying to give you some credit, some benefit of the doubt, but I feel like Matt's the opposite. He watches movies and he just emotes super, super hard. So I try to get both of your opinions on like rom coms. That's a good one because then like. It's probably somewhere in the middle. It I, I thought it was just fun. It didn't make me cry. And, like, you know, it's not a, a great movie, but it's very serviceable. And I enjoyed my time with it. I wish you'd liked it more. 
I think we're both saying it's middle of the road. You're just saying it's slightly above middle of the road, and yeah. I'm saying it's for slightly rom-com. below. For a rom com, for a rom com specifically. Like, What's that mean? Like rom coms have lower highs? Or I what? don't like a lot of rom coms. What I'm hearing around the table is that you love all rom coms. Yeah, everyone, they keep saying that, but I don't know what they're talking I about. I never said that. Yeah. Said that. <laughs> oh, I'm 100% a romantic. That's for sure. But I'm dead inside. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, right. check it out. Netflix. Chelsea's a lucky girl. I, right, but no, I, right? I knew I knew Chelsea would like it. Like I, yeah. I, I, I like it seemed like a movie that she would really enjoy, and yeah. I like I enjoyed it a lot too. So I mostly wanted you to watch it with her so that you could make her watch it because I, right. I had a feeling that she would like it too. Yeah. So I'm glad me and Chelsea are on the same page. I'm glad I watched it, Matt. Great use of my 90 minutes. Yeah, it's short. You yeah, know, you love those. You know, those short run times. In and out. Oh, yeah. Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> uh, all right. Who wants to go next? What do we got? <sighs> I got a heavy hitter. I watched The Tree of Life. And I. This oh, wait, has, has you never seen it? This is the second time I've seen it, but it pretty much is a first time watch because the first time just completely went over my head. I got to rewatch it. But I didn't even know what to expect the first time going in. And what I got was very different. <laughs> <laughs> but that said, um, the whole like creation and like the dinosaurs and all that like crazy shit that goes on in the movie that's still like not my favorite part about it it Um, it adds to it and like the grandness of it but like the best stuff is just like the way it's shot and like all the moments of like brad pitt interacting with his kids and like just this whole sense of like growing up or being a kid yeah adolescence yeah yeah and i also like how both of the parents are like on completely different end of, ends of the spectrum when it comes to parenting. Oh, for like sure. Jessica Chastain's is very like comforting and like sympathetic, and then Brad Pitt is like kind of like the hard nosed like father figure that is kind of like stereotypical, but he doesn't do it in like a super stereotypical kind of way. No, he's no. not like abusive or anything. Yeah, but he like teaches the kids how to fight. He's like punch me, you know. He's, he's like trying to teach yeah. them how to like. He's very strict and hard nosed. He's very old fashioned. Yes. Father, yes. Like, we're talking like you know, fifties father. The repre- representation of like masculine, like the breadwinner. Whereas Jessica Chastain is very deliberately like they even literally refer to her as like there's grace. I can't remember the specifics, but there's like they uh, pontificate about how mm. there's like there's grace and there's like nature or something. I don't know what the fuck, but the harshness of nature, or yeah. something like that. Nature versus nurture. You fucking loved it though, right? I did love it. <laughs> Especially from like a visual standpoint. Like it's just incredible. So beautiful. But like I feel like anyone can relate to that movie as far as like growing up. Like you maybe not you maybe didn't experience everything, but I feel like there's at least something in there that you can resonate with. Yeah, we didn't grow up in the fifties, but Right, but there's certain things that the kids deal with that you can definitely It's universal. Relate to. It yeah. feels very authentically childlike. For a lot of their experiences. Yeah. And it's, I feel like it's just grand enough where it's like not like too obscure for someone to enjoy. And it's just like long enough too where it's not too long where you're just like, okay, this is kind of boring. Like, let's move on. Like, I feel like it's just, it perfectly does what it's supposed to do. Um, Fun movie trivia fact. Roger Ebert. uh, 
he before he died he like updated his greatest films of all time list and he wanted to include like a new film and he ultimately went with the tree of life but do you know what the runner-up was the fountain no you're close though What's Give my us another hint? My favorite movie oh, of all time. Oh, fuck. And Synecdoche? Come on. It was, oh, it was those two. Gross. It was those two. <laughs> he ultimately went with the Tree of Life, so Wait, he's wrong. Are you a reincarnated, like, Robert Ebert? I think, I think so. Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert? I don't know his name. I think so. But, yeah. Anyway. Anyways, it's awesome. If anyone hasn't seen it. One of Check the most beautiful films I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Also, killer. Emmanuel Lubezki did not win Best Cinematographer that year. Who, Who won? I don't remember, but I was pissed. Yeah, I'm kind of mad. The be- it's the, visually, it's the best film he's ever done. Like, yeah, Birdman. Yeah, The Revenant. But like... Okay, well, you can't just dismiss those. Like, No, I'm... Uh, yeah, my tone was dismissive. <laughs> he is probably my favorite working cinematographer. But The Tree of Life is like... It's phenomenal. Ugh. Tops. But yeah, I like completely flipped on it the second time I saw it. The first time I saw it, I was just like kind of in the middle, like didn't really know what to think. But second time I saw it, just blown away. Sweet. Good stuff. Um, What else did I watch? Oh, I watched Wiener. Documentary. <laughs> what is that? It's a documentary about Anthony Wiener. Really? <laughs> he literally had a documentary crew following hey, him during all of that. So Guys, do you know why the cowboy... Bought a because he wanted to get a long little doggy. Oh my god! Damn it! Did you just ruin it for everyone? <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite joke, dude. Did that just happen? Like, did I learn that joke from you? you probably. You might can, have. Did we tell, say, I tell everyone? Can that you joke? say yes. the beginning of that joke? Because I have never heard it before, and That's, Matt super ruined it. Hmm? Why? Why did the cowboy buy a wiener dog? Because he wanted to get a long little doggy. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Matt, you fucked it up. That's my favorite joke, like ever. <laughs> you super ruined it. He didn't even I couldn't say help anything. It. I couldn't help it. As soon as he started the joke, I was like, ah, I mean, if doggy. you know the answer to a joke, you have to prove yeah. it. Yeah. How many times do you get the opportunity to do that? When someone says knock, knock, you know, and you're just you like, say, oh, who's there? Was it an orange? <laughs> oh, shit. So glad you didn't say banana. <laughs> Um, no, it's yeah. orange. You glad you didn't say banana? <laughs> Fuck you, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, dude. Um, what? What were we talking about? <laughs> oh, you're about to talk about wiener. Sponsored by Rolling yeah. Rock. Oh, wiener. Oh, that's what triggered the wiener, and then my excitement. You're talking about wieners. <laughs> Triggering the wiener, and then your excitement. <laughs> uh, wiener chronicles the rise and fall of politician Anthony Wiener, who is famous for sending wiener pics to people. <laughs> Not a joke. Pretty funny. Not a joke. <laughs> what are you laughing at? You and Travis. <laughs> I'm just laughing at the word wiener. Well, see, I was also laughing at the word wiener, and then I looked over, and Travis was having the same reaction that I was. <laughs> and then you kept saying Go wiener, ahead, and it just got wiener better. on. Uh, Anthony Wiener. Uh, they so for those who don't know, he's a politician. He uh, was running for something. He was president. He was not president. He was in Congress, from what I remember. And then he not sent, writing for anything. Sent some wiener pics to some women via Twitter. They found you know the world found out that he was a disgrace. Hmm. So then the documentary is about him like 
basically his political comeback. He's trying to run for mayor of New York City against Bill de Blasio. I guess uh, some more stuff came out about him during that time, right? More wiener pics. <laughs> Literally the same fucking thing. Dude could not stop. The whole movie Can't is like about like stop. damage control. Because he's like he's a really like actually engaged, passionate politician. He just, you know, strays also from his beautiful wife is... and likes to send dicks dick pics to to oh, yeah. women on Twitter. Young. Yeah, yes. he's also low key a sexual offender. So, oh, well, they're they're not minors. None of them yeah, are minors. Yeah, but mm, are they though? No, not minors. Right. You... But are they though? Why is he <laughs> low key a sexual offender? He's just uh, an adulterist. He's an adulterer, adulterer. <laughs> making a murder. <laughs> it should be called making an adulterer. <laughs> Uh, it was actually really good. It's really interesting because, like, the it's the ups and downs. Like, you really want to root for him, and then do oh. you? Yeah, actually, yeah. Do you though? You should watch it. Yes. Do you? By the end of it, you're like, come on, dude. Like, keep your wiener in your pants. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly why you shouldn't root for him. <laughs> but come, like, honestly, he can't just keep his. He's like, an underdog. Okay, you're a politician. <laughs> just don't send pictures. to... To women of your dick. Why not though? <laughs> I feel like homeboy just wanted to send some dick pics. Give him a wow. fucking break. Yeah, he had a wife, but you ever sent a dick pic, Paris? Fucking male arrogance. No, I've never sent a dick pic. I don't have a dick, man. I feel like this is Matt's fourth rolling rock talking They're right not, now. Uh, you know, I'm not talking unsolicited dick pics. I've sent. I've yeah, you're right. I've sent a solicited, sent unsolicited dick pics. I've sent a solicited dick pic. Even. Yeah. These were soli- these were consensual. Granted, he was cheating on us, you know. Matt, all I'm saying is, homeboy just can't keep it in his pants, and he sent a dick pic. We've all been there. It blew up in his face because he's a public figure. But it seems like he's a good guy. That's what I'm saying. As a politician, I feel like cheat on your wife. I don't fucking care. But don't send a fucking dick pic because obviously that can get to other well, people. I feel like if you're in the spotlight whatsoever. You need to just cool it on all accounts. Was that stupid? Don't say yeah, yeah. or do anything he that can get you in trouble. Because <laughs> it will come back. Just be like Travis and, it, and stare at a blank wall yes. for two weeks. <laughs> but it was a really interesting documentary. Uh, it's on Hulu, I think. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was actually a really good documentary. Because, you know, you like. there's literally a part at the end where the the, the filmmaker asks him point blank why are you letting me film this? Because all this crazy shit happened. He's been there through all of it. And the filmmaker literally is like, why, well, why the fuck did you let me here? Like be here and film all of this. And don't he's just us. like, well, don't, you'll have to watch the movie to find out. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it better than said? the ending of the jinx? <laughs> Nothing can ever top that. It's just the sound of a camera flashing when after he goes into the bathroom. Like, they actually. Oh no! I took <laughs> Not again! He is caught recorded Don't on send. camera. Oh god! Oh no! Anthony Weiner's Weiner was mic'd up, and at the end, just like, what have I done? Oh god! <laughs> um. Anyway. Hell yeah. What else we got? I got some other stuff. But um, we're really kind of long. I don't really know. I have a couple things. I told you I watched something when we were in the car, and I had 100% forgot about it. 
and I forgot to guess forgot who else hundred percent forgot about him. Travis, do you remember? Cool you don't story. listen when I talk. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh! Uh, I watched uh, Ouija: Origin of Evil. Is that the second one? So yeah. you wasted Did two you hours see of the your first life? one? No. Okay. Uh, directed by Mike Flanagan. Oculus. Gerald's Game. Gerald's Game. God, Gerald's Game um, sucks so hard. <laughs> what's uh, sure did. um? Gerald's anyway. Game. Matt was... made me watch that. Annabelle. I'm still mad. No. no. Annabelle Creation. So Ouija. Mm, Annabelle Origin Story. There were moments that were really good. It could have been a great movie. But there were just so many dumb fucking things that happened in it that just like kind of ruined the experience. Mm-hmm. Like it's it looks really good. Like he's a very capable director. I thought visually it looked really good, but it's just some dumb fucking shit that happens in that movie. Like honestly, it's worth a watch. I enjoyed it, and there were a couple genuinely creepy moments, but also just some really stupid cliche horror tropes that just rear their ugly head. And not a great film. Probably my least favorite I've seen of his. Mm. It's like on par with Hush. I didn't love Hush. That was the other one that I didn't say. He directed Hush. Oh, God. I You know, right. I was just thinking about Hush as like a bad movie when we started this conversation. This fucking guy. This is a great <laughs> I've never movie. seen it. Oh, your, your brother. Probably my brother, yeah. Tyler likes it a lot. Oh, no. I thought I was going to be Tyler's favorite oh, host no. again. <laughs> I pissed him off. You're out. <laughs> He's a fickle, fickle tempstress. Yeah. <laughs> Temptress. Mistress? Temptress. I think it's mistress. I believe in context it would be mistress, but I think the word that Matt was looking for that was... That is a word. Temptation. Temptress. Speaking of my brother, he watched <laughs> Good Time finally and gave it five stars, so wow. g- get fucked. <laughs> All y'all. I still want to watch Good Time movie. only because Travis... It's on Amazon Prime, yeah, it's on and Amazon it's now. amazing. I'm gonna... Also, I... Hikey have a crush on Robert Pattinson. So. How about Iggy Pop? Because he's got a song in there. Oh, I super have a crush on really old, disgusting, decrepit, garbage person Iggy Pop. Yeah. He is 100% gross, and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Robert Pattinson is a garbage person in that movie, for the most part. I'm in it to win it. But yeah, he's great. Um, I also watched uh, Battle Royale last night. How was it? Hunger uh, Games rip off. Well, no, Hunger no, Games <laughs> ripped off. Yeah, I, I know. I know. Man. Okay, You're we'll so you. Paris. Yeah. Uh, uh, I laughed. I, I know. I, yeah, I got good. a Travis laugh. Yeah, That's good. all I care about. Um, it was pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of fun. I don't know if I call it a great movie, but uh, start to finish, it's really like entertaining. What's the best weapon in use? A pot pan. Dope. A pop <laughs> No one actually gets like killed with one, but but it's there's there. like tasers and crossbows. Someone gets fucked up with a scythe. Is there a yeah. samurai? Sword? Isn't the basic no plot like sword. kids are good. acting up at a school, so the school just like sends them to this island to just it's like no, it's random. They're acting up. Oh, it's a law. They basically will pick like classes and just like make them kill each other. In like, the book, it's that weird. one eighth grade class per year gets chosen and they have to go fight each other to the death and whoever gets, you know, whoever wins gets to survive and is like a champion or whatever. Very similar to Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like Is that just like kids. trimming the fat type idea or? 
I think it's like a, what's it, the idea behind it's a similar concept in that it's like a government control thing in that like we're killing your kids so you better fucking step in line well there was uh there was an uprising so it says at the beginning it's like text at the beginning you know like 800,000 students just like protested and just like I don't remember what they were protesting. Very topical. It's not important. It is Hunger Games. Very the movie, topical. Yeah. The movie is about fucking Japanese school children just murdering the shit out of each other. Like, not that. And topical. in that regard, are they all wearing? Does this job? Uniforms. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah. Is there ever uh, like a Mason chain like in like in Kill Bill? No. Although there is an actress who looks a lot like I didn't actually fact check it to see if it's her, but there is an actress who looks a lot like. Yeah, from the crazy eighty eight yeah. chick with the the, the yeah. child assassin. She was yeah. intense. Dude, she's great. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's not an amazing movie. And it kinda seems a little amateurish, like in the way it's filmed, but I enjoyed it a lot. My turn. Yeah, thank you. I have uh, two things and then we'll get to the Rotten Tomatoes movie, yeah? Do you um, have a pick? We didn't we didn't write I down do have shit. a pick. You guys ready we for this? We could just say it out loud. Well, because then we know what the... Well, Say it at the same it, time. You should write it Same time. You should write it in your phones and then... Yeah, do that. I'll just, show it I'll just whisper it. into Travis's ear. <clears throat> Maybe lick his ear a little, you could, a little bit. You could whisper yeah. it into Travis's ear regardless. Okay, so I'll do the two yeah. movies real quick and then we'll head to Rotten Tomatoes territory. So I watched the documentary I Am Chris Farley. Oh. It was a decent, fun watch, but it's mainly just like a celebration of him and it like touches on that like he had issues and he always wanted to be like the center of attention and it's kind of like what like all like great comedians deal with i was feel he like part of the 27 club no he was older no what was the not sad much older though yeah chris farley documentary that came 30s. out a couple years ago it might but, like, be that early 30s. but it's not sad i mean it's just like, like, wasn't he, like this one had like bob died? odenkirk talking yeah yeah it's that one it's the same dude it yeah. was totally sad are you kidding but it's like a celebration of him as a comedian right yeah, hmm? it's just like it's just like pointing out all of his like career highlights and how what? he went too soon and he was yeah. like the best of the best and everyone envied him and don't they bring like David Spade on and he can't even like he can't even do it he can't even deal with the conversation. no not really he he makes a, he says a line like I can't go a day without thinking about him but like yeah. he doesn't like break down and like can't talk they were very about close it. in yeah. real life yeah yeah and they they just basically touch on how he was just like the cream of the crop like he was like he came on snl and just tore it up like everyone just like idolized him and he like killed himself not like intentionally but like at the height of his career and it's just like uh you know remembering him Tragic. to quote yeah annihilation um not many of us commit suicide but we all self-destruct <laughs> mm, good paul yes <laughs> But yeah, it was just like, it was, it was fun to watch. And I had like, I didn't really like learn anything new about him or like see anything different that I'd never seen of like his skits or his movies. But like, it just kind of like gives you more of an appreciation about him. Just like they go in great detail about the whole motivational speaker skit and like how revolutionary and how great that was. And like, you can't argue that that wasn't like an amazing skit. I mean, it was his best. It's his best so good. Like it's. <laughs> he was a man. That lived in a van <laughs> down by the river. Like, that's his best. That's his best sketch. And just the way he could improvise is just like unparalleled. But yeah, R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I saw Game Night 
the oh you went and saw that yes the new new release new release and it is very good jason batman isn't he in that yep mm. very entertaining very good fun fact cliff martinez does the score Oh shit! That has Rachel McAdams in it. Yeah, also. and she's awesome in it. Oh, so okay. much fun! But anyways, it's it's very fun. It's it's got some good twists and turns. Um, even like some of the like shots are kind of cool. They shoot it kind of like it's like a life board game. Like when they get into like the neighborhoods or whatever. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I was entertained throughout. Didn't really know where it was going. Um, I feel like Jesse Plemons is like. The same as Dom Nall Gleason when it comes to showing up in everything. <laughs> Who is Jesse Plemons? Uh, is in Breaking Bad. Trevor. Oh, he's in the Discovery. Wait. He's is in he the, the redhead yeah. with the weird eyes. Fargo. Yeah, two. he's got like light reddish hair. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He was in that movie with Molly Shannon last year. Other people. Or two years ago. It was last year. Last year. He's in everything. He's in this. Feel like Black him, Mirror. His character's great in it. Yes. I feel like him, Domino Gleason, and the kid that was in Manchester by the Sea and Lady Bird. I feel like those are the three redheads that are like come up coming <laughs> up on top this year. Yeah. And um it's got a lot of good supporting characters. Um the guy from Inger Goes West, you know, like the total douchebag brother of uh what's her name? One of the Olsen Elizabeth Olsen. Mm. He's the one who like threatens. Aubrey I remember the character, character, but I can't picture it. Isn't that him. Ben Foster? No, it's 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 a newer actor that we haven't really seen in much, but he's hilarious. He plays just like a ditzy kind of jock who's like always cycling through new girlfriends, but he's hilarious. Um, but the whole premise is basically um, Rachel McAdams and Jason Bateman's character. They are like obsessed with game nights and just like are super competitive. So. They like host game nights and then their brother comes or Jason Bateman's brother comes into the picture and he kind of wants to like steal the show and offer like this really cool game night. So then everyone goes over to his house and then things don't really go according to plan and then things escalate and then it's just like a crazy night type movie after that. But it was really good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, Billy Madison. Super hilarious. Wyatt Russell. No, not that guy. It's Billy Magnuson. You said Wyatt Russell was amazing in Black oh, who Mirror. The fuck is that guy? I know that's not who we're He's talking Wyatt Russell about. Russell is the that's, the husband. that's who I remember. Oh, okay. From what? From Black Mirror, he played the American Can that goes yeah. to Britain, yeah. and then Redfield. One of the best Black Mirror episodes. It's a great. Also, episode. Willoughby and everybody wants him. He's in yeah. the Big Short, I guess. He's got 50 acting That guy? We're talking about two different people. Yeah, you're talking about Billy Madison. (laughs) We're talking about what's-his-face. You're talking about Billy Madison. I think they're talking about Happy Gilmore. Billy Magnuson. Mm -hmm. I think this would be a fun trivia question, though. (laughs) Who has more IMDb credits? Donald Gleason or Jesse Plemons? (laughs) Jesse Plemons. He's been around since Friday Night Lights, dude. What do you think? Plemons. Well, this isn't fun then. Oh, okay. We got one. All right. Rude. Do you want to do it? I feel weird. Like Gleason all the typing way. stuff on your phone. Yeah, I got pulled up. I'm looking for. Uh, who am I looking for? Domnall Gleason. You look and for then Jesse Plevitz. Can it be? Does it have to be actor? Just actor credits. Yeah, actor credits. I'm looking okay. up Dom Search Nom. Jesse Plemons. Domnall Gleason. He has 43 actor credits. Domnall Gleason. Boom. Okay. What does Plemons have? I'm gonna win. I have pulled up. I can. Okay, just let Matt do it. 
Tom doesn't know I how to we internet were looking very at Billy well. Magnuson. Fifty-two. Jesse Plemons. Oh no. Nice. But close. like very close. That would have been got ten more. Yeah, but like that's comparable. We'll revisit this trivia question in five years. I appreciate that. Domino's going to the top. Okay. Uh, let's talk about Stalker. Let's talk about let's Stalker. Stalker. First of all, <laughs> if, this fucking movie. If I learned one thing about Stalker, is you should never force someone to watch it. They should watch it on their own at, at on their own time. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Do you agree? Well, I, I've always I want. But to do watch you it. agree? You shouldn't make someone watch it. This shouldn't be a movie that you're forced to watch. It should so you be... guys hated it. So it's one no, of those movies it. that no. you see at Blockbuster Video, and you're like, "Oh, maybe I should, maybe I should check this out." And then you, you don't rent it, you... and then you come back next week, and you're like, "Oh, you know what? Maybe I should check this I out." Told and then you, you don't long. rent it, this and then movie... the next week, <laughs> this movie is not for 99 percent of people. No, yeah, and I would put myself in. That Dude, the scene movie. where they're going into the zone, they're like, <laughs> "That's the best scene in the whole movie." I know, yeah, I know. It's and you're so just good. like sitting there for like fucking ten minutes. Or Dude, something? it's like hypnotic too. Mm-hmm. The sound of like the there's the train. I checked whatever. out, and and then I think that was the point of the <laughs> you movie. Were blacked out. You came back. <laughs> no, seriously, I think that I was the point. Is you were supposed to check out, and then mm. oh, I'm in the zone now. <laughs> yeah, and then it flips. The color changes like yeah. so abruptly. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was beautiful. That was so good. Okay, I will say. I liked the look of it, mm-hmm. and I liked like the set design or the production design of it. And I think it's well, no, I don't think I know it's got some grand ideas, and it's definitely trying to tackle a bunch of different like grand ideas. But it's like it's such an investment; mm-hmm. like it feels like it's a four-hour movie. It's taxing. Yes. It's paced very slowly. Yes, which I got used to. Yeah. But still, I I need to see this movie again before I can really like. There's a scene from that movie that I just find so haunting, and it's when he, so the guide, the stalker, tells him that they like can't take any shortcuts, like they can't take the easiest way because it'll fuck them up. So they have to go basically the long, hard, difficult way the whole way through. Um, and the guy's like, no, you know, fuck that. I'm going up to this building or something. And he gets like, you watch him from far away and there's like all the wind and the grass is blowing and everything. And he gets up there and there's this ominous music and then he just like stops and turns around eventually. I think he just comes back, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. Uh, But that scene is like, oh, it gets me. Gets me every time. Well, you hear someone tells him to turn back. Oh, and does he it? Thinks okay. it's one of them, but. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't remember that, but. Uh. Yeah, it's it's a yeah. long. I feel like I'd have to watch this at slog. least two or three more times, but I don't know if I want to put myself through it ever again. <laughs> so it's like, I I hate these kind of movies because it's like, I want to like it, I want to enjoy it, be part of the conversation, but I have to at least watch it more than once. But the first viewing was like so not enjoyable that like I never want to go back to it. Yeah. And I, I get the, like, grandness of it, and I get why people like it and regard it as something great, but, like, it's not enjoyable, mm-hmm. and I didn't really <laughs> take much out of Did it. Did you feel like it happened to you? No. <laughs> it, uh... I also love, like, especially in, like, the introductory sequences where it has that black and white, like, kind of sepia tone. Everything looks so fucking dirty. Yeah. There's so much grime on yeah. everything, and it looks so good. 
Uh, it definitely feels like it could have been like filmed in like Chernobyl or something. Mm-hmm. Like once they actually go into the zone, and even like when they're going into the zone, like all like the military presence and then like sneaking through the streets and stuff was really interesting. Um, I don't really know if I know what the movie was trying to do exactly. Kind of what Travis was getting at is it's, it's tackling a lot. I feel it's, like it's a political movie that is just so predates us that we not it's really political. Get it. It's existential. Well, and it's like yeah. Soviet too. Yeah. <laughs> so there's like, I mean, it deals with like to. hope, life, religion. Like there's so many like grand themes and it's not just focusing on one. So it's yeah. just like, yeah. and it's foreign and it's almost three hours long. And like, there's like, I think I read there's like only like a hundred and something shots in the movie, which mm. is like most movies have like thousands of shots. Yeah. So it's just super, just, it's not accessible by any means. No, yeah, not at all. Hey, I, you guys are glad you've seen it though. I yeah. am. I Check in a box. It. I mean, mm-hmm. sure. See, I'm eager to rewatch it. I think that's the, that's the main difference here. Like, I can tell yeah. this is a movie that I'm really going to enjoy. And there were moments that I loved. But the pace takes some getting used to because it's very slow. And I, I did get used to it. Um, but I just I feel like I, I, I don't really know what it was trying to do like mm-hmm. i think it was trying to do a lot and there wasn't really anything that i took away from it in particular there were just lots of like individual moments and scenes and images that really stuck with me and also the sound in the movie like do you remember when they're walking through that tunnel and they have the professor kind of leading the way so he's like walking ahead and every step he takes you hear like glass breaking you hear rock shifting you hear breathing because they don't know what to expect yeah so there's so much tension and ultimately nothing happens nothing nothing happens in this movie that's also like literally like actually nothing happens in this movie not a thing that's also what i have a problem with is it feels very anticlimactic and people who love this movie would argue against that i'm sure and say oh no it's about so much more and blah 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 blah. but like at least at the end of annihilation there was like some big thing that happened that like piqued my interest and had me thinking but like this whole movie just felt like a slog yeah and i'm not saying it's bad and i'm not saying i hated it it's just like it's just not for you no, yeah. and I would I would be interested in rewatching it, but it would have to be in a few years, and it would have to be in the theater. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't know if I've ever seen another Tarkovsky movie. We should all watch Solaris together. I know I want to see Solaris. I'm like <laughs> down done. on He's Tarkovsky after this. So I've never seen Stalker. Would you recommend it? No, I mean I made them watch it. How do you feel about a three hour movie where nothing happens, and it's Russian, but everything happens. Nothing happens. At the same that's time. A, that's a terrible description. It's really <laughs> philosophical. I mean, Very. if okay. what would you not can, your bag, then what I would, would not you watch it. compare it to best? Oh, I don't even know. Because I know you example? guys were making a lot of allusions to similarities in Annihilation, and a lot of what you said sounded like just yeah. basic yeah. in what actually physically happened. It sounds similar. I did tell Matt that, so as far as like Men on a Mission movies go... <laughs> The entire time I was watching Stalker, I was thinking, man, I just need to rewatch Sorcerer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, Sorcerer honestly came to mind, too. I yeah. Think it was probably also just the era in which it was filmed. Right. Uh, they're both, I think, made in the 70s, they're paced, right? Like, they're paced. 
slowly. Sorcerer is much more entertaining. Stuff yeah. actually happens, but you know, it's a pace. <laughs> well, and yeah. the plot is like so simple in Sorcerer compared to what's going on in Stalker. <laughs> well, yeah. Yes and no. Right? I mean, sure, there's some like ex- existential plot. stuff that happens in Sorcerer, but or like ideas. I mean, like yeah. Sorcerer is pretty much just like men on a mission dealing with their fate, like type thing. Yeah, I mean, the yeah. plot of Stalker is literally these guys decide they want to go to this zone because there's a, apparently a place you can go where it's going to show you everything you ever wanted, all your innermost desires will be fulfilled. So the movie is literally these dudes go to the zone. They get into the zone. They go all around, try and get to the room. They get to the room. Nothing happens. They go home. End of the movie. Right. But when you bring up something like that the zone in, your, in a movie, it, that automatically makes it like a bigger plot than just like a normal movie. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, if, you, if you can buy into it, there's a lot of suspense. There's a lot of interesting food for thought. You know, like it, it's a film class type of definitely film, you i kind of wish matt hadn't just told me the plot and resolution of the film well no I was you being, cannot spoil was, this movie whatsoever. and i didn't really i mean i was like being facetious like stuff I mean, stuff does happen the premise know? is and this is made clear i think pretty early is that there's supposedly a room in the zone that will fulfill your deepest desire it's all about the journey Dog. and even you know they're ultimately <laughs> something by like non-action implies like epiphany in a sense like anyway Uh, did you like synecdoche new york i did actually okay then maybe you'll like this but i feel like a lot happens yeah but they're both like Like everything heady movies and it's sort of like you kind of have to just they're film class like let them let them happen and analyze and yeah i'm really excited to uh rewatch next to you new york no (laughs) get to my pick yeah let's do it the rotten tomatoes game where are you going Oh, it's like, it's, all right. Sorry for my pick. Bathroom time. In Travis bag. has a full-on presentation. This is exactly what I wanted. Bag of mysteries. I wanted it to be board. live on the show when I presented what they will be watching in the next two weeks. I don't like this. Cue the left. I'm so excited. When we were talking about long movies that you shouldn't be forced to watch, this is a perfect example of that. <laughs> You are, a, you are a vengeful. Yet you are going to force Spike to John Dielman. Oh, not that movie. Two hundred and one minutes. Nineteen seventy-five classic masterpiece directed by Chantal Ackerman. He did like it though. I so gave it five stars. It is great, but it is challenging. Is that a Criterion Collection? It seems very fancy. It is. It is. <laughs> you that from the Flash sale? Uh, no, actually, I bought it on Amazon, but it was only like $16, which oh, is a deal for Criterions. But yeah, get excited. Did you already check the Ron Tomato score? No. Here, Did I'll you, check it. Like, make sure it actually has like... Oh, it exists. What am I going to give you, my phone? Like, what the fuck are you using your hand out for? I don't have my phone on. So are we going to one, two, three at lot? Li- <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I would watch the movie. I just don't like losing, so I really want to win. Okay. So, what are the standings now? I know Travis is losing. I don't know if we actually have a... 20 reviews. Tally. You said 10 is the minimum, right? That's 20 is fine. Okay. You know? 
What are we doing? Right. Are we just going to like both say our pick out loud? or like? I'll count yeah. you down. You guys got a score in mind? On one or go? I'll do three, two, one. And then you and guys then say it. After one. Ready? At the same time. Yeah. Same pacing, okay? Three, two, one. 95. So close. All right. So out of 20 reviews, Jean Dielman is... 100 percent again critic proof (laughs) all right i'm spending three and a half hours of my life watching what sounded like the boring most boring movie ever made based on your two and a half hours of your life right 201 minutes minutes. three hours and 21 minutes i don't know how time works that's math (laughs) that's math Math, not time it's math (laughs) it's math all right well get stoked I'll report. <laughs> You're not even going to be on the next episode, maybe. So I'm just going to have to talk about this movie without you. No, I'll, we'll find a way. <laughs> Life finds a way. Yeah. Travis will radio in from wherever he is. All right. We should wrap this up. 7.30. We have a show to go I, to. We were supposed to leave like a half hour ago. Well, no, it's fine. I mean, we don't need to be there till like 8.45. It's not anyway. fine. We have to, I have to pick up a pizza. To get ready. Pizza, huh? Mm. Oh. Yeah. I ordered a pizza on the deal. Pack lachy. Oh, you ordered it. <laughs> I was like, "Damn, Tom, that's so gonna get hungry. here in like an hour." <laughs> oh, it's a pagliacci, ready for pickup. Sweet. What type of pizza is it? That's a half mm, and a half. A long one. Oh, half what? Half what? Half a uh, pepperoncini, like chicken sausage, olive situation. Whoa. And half, uh, I think, a roasted, roasted tomato veggie style. Why are you so bougie, though? Um. I just live like this, and Sarah's a vegetarian, so... Fair enough. We should go to Pagliacci for uh, for dinner. Let's do it. Just get a couple slices to go. Dude, let's walk over Fuck there. yeah, buddy. No, not from here. Fuck you. We're also going to Pagliacci. At a different location. Okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, not at Tom's house. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, if you would like to send us an email, write in, cinephilesdigest at gmail.com. Hey, wait. Vote me the as the favorite host. Thing. Yes, we're looking for more submissions to who your favorite host is. Uh, Paris, you want to chime in? Who's your favorite host? Uh, my favorite host is Matt because his name is Matt and I only like people named Matt. It's a trend. Love you, Matt. Good answer. Good answer. I thought that was a terrible answer. That last, <laughs> by the way, that last I love you, Matt, was not to Matt Sabros. It was to my boyfriend but who is also named Matt. It wasn't like a, a credible reason. It was kind of just. He does know. not. <laughs> but well, I keep trying. I keep trying to encourage him to. <laughs> you mean because it didn't actually hurt anybody's feelings? Right. It was a good answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like if I had said either of you, uh, Matt would have murdered probably, me in my sleep. Yeah. Probably. You would have brought man. it up. No. So remember on the show earlier when you said that your favorite host was Tom? What was that about? Uh, (laughs) Defend yourself. I'm really upset about it. We need to have a debate and then I might murder you at the end. All right. Let's do that at another time. All right. Well, our our listeners need to write in and make Travis and I feel better. Like our Facebook page, Cinephiles Digest. You know the drill. All that kind of stuff. We'll be back in a couple weeks. Haven't looked yet at what we're going to be reviewing, but... Travis may or may not be on the show. He's we'll figure it out. Portland that weekend. He'll be there. He'll radio in. It's gonna kill. We're gonna Skype Travis in. Oscars are happening next weekend, so we're gonna, it's gonna be some we Oscar talk. Figure it out. We're gonna go over our picks. It'll be great. But tell your friends. Thank you everyone for listening. We'll be back in a couple weeks. Bye.
Laters. Watch <laughs>